Welcome to the Stupid Hearts Club podcast. This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused, you're in the right place. GSOH. Good sense of humour. The new podcast by Nico... By Nico to... by Nico Tatarovich, where he tries with talks to people with talks to people with a good sense of humour. G S O H. Now I'm recording, and I want to record Uncle Matthew to be on my podcast, but Uncle Matthew is trying to plug his microphone in. But his microphone is being silly and making a robot noise. I wonder when Uncle Matthew will come back. I hope that he comes back and is a good boy. Uncle Matthew! Wait, wait, hello? It's Uncle Matthew! He's coming through loud and clear. Is there a weird robotic thing going on still? Oh dear, when you speak there is. This is is up in the time. It's like this is and this I is this is that lost. You sound like Tweaky like, like, out okay. of Butt Rogers. Biddy biddy biddy. Hiya buck. Yeah, that is what happened in that time. Me Wait. and you lost a show. It's really? it's my it's something putting this mic into my computer. I'll, I'll I have to fire up, fire up my top and dip through that. Okay, I'll be two, two, three. Okay, Uncle Matthew. See you in a minute. I left this is this is I left this is this is I left this is I left this is this is I left this is this is I left this is this is this is this is Meanwhile I am sat here just to set the scene I'm sat here in classic uh I don't like talking about myself in the third person but I am sat in classic um Nico um topless boobs out Front door slightly ajar because I get hot flushes and low lighting. I've had a chippy dinner. I've had a cup of tea and I am ready to taxi. And all we need now is for Uncle Matthew to come back. But this time he might use a computer that isn't got a silly noise that makes him sound like a droid. I quite like the idea of droid Matthew. I think we should get him to come back on another time. And we talk to him and he's got to stay in character. Robo Matthew. Robo Matthew. You know, I might as I might as well just sort of do the intro bit. Hey, so welcome, guys. Welcome to GSOH. Um, we've got Matthew Morgan on the show, and as you, as many of you will know, my 
podcasting raison d'être is largely associated to Matthew Morgan being the first person in the universe to give me any sort of exposure to an audience bigger than 12 people, I reckon. Apart from when I did that TikTok video the other month with the, the weird sex kebab shop, and now everyone in the world has seen that, even though I only got about eight pounds for that. That's all right. I'm not complaining about the pay. It was one of those jobs. But audience versus profit has not worked out on that particular occasion. Now, Matt Morgan. Can't wait to have him back. I think it's been too long. We've lost a little bit of the tug-of-war momentum that we had going early in proceedings when I did six or seven of his shows and then started my show, I am going to try and get right back up his lovely little arsehole so that we can uh, continue to be a symbiotic mega-organism where I basically, like a dung beetle, feed on him, off his, his higher popularity than mine, um, by nestling in his inner anus. Ha! We've got in the club! It's Matthew Morgan. I've got a good sense of humour. Good sense of humour. Have you yeah. still got your sense of humour now that you're not interested anymore? Um, I like to think so. Do you fit? Are you still mucking around as much, or have you discovered from being clean and feeling fitter and whatever that now you're a bit like you've become like a boring sort of nutrition person? Uh, I have become boring, according to my wife, because all I talk about is keto. But I do get obsessed with things, as people know that I would. It might be UFOs, and then I sort of don't care about them for a long time. But that, what I was doing, obviously, I've done two. Uh, well, not obviously, I've done two and a bit months of not drinking, and I was feeling a lot better. But not like, wow, look at me jumping out of bed, roller skating in a Tampax advert. Yeah, but. I don't know why that would happen, but like, and then the turning point was, I was, I've had blood tests before and they said, oh, you're pre-diabetic. And so I I said this on my podcast, so people probably know. But anyway, the beginnings of diabetes, which is sort of a slow 10 year thing until you're diabetic. So you can, you can turn it around, but basically you've got to retrain your body because it's become insulin resistant. So I was... Late at night, I looked up what that meant because I was like, "Hang on, that's a fucking thing." They said to me, "That sounds like a bit you. dodgy." You looked, yeah. you looked at what something physical meant late at night on the internet. Well, Tell me know. more. Well, what I found out was there's a brilliant, well, there's a couple of brilliant people on YouTube. There's a guy called Doctor Berg, and he explains, you know, like it's what I knew anyway. But like we all, um, you know, feed ourselves carbohydrates and sugar, yeah, and you know, like meals of pasta with a little bit of meat and stuff like that and so and bread and all that shit which i'm i mean i'm gluten and dairy free so i'm pretty yeah. healthy eating anyway You're but it doesn't matter as it is yeah but it doesn't really matter because i've over years that's how i've lived and also alcohol is just sugar really and yeah. carbs so anyway i've um so i started eating keto and doing intermittent fasting so i start i only eat 
I can only eat after one in the afternoon and then I don't eat after 9pm. But that's what I do anyway. I, I don't, I'm never hungry for breakfast. I just think, oh, it's breakfast time. I should eat something. So anyway, it suits me down to the ground. Avocados, chicken, like mm. basically meat and vegetables, fish. Oh, it's fucking, I love well, it. And I've got meat like and vegetables. I mean, obviously, if you just eat fucking spuds all the time. No, you can't eat, sorry, you can't eat potatoes, sweet yes, potatoes. Sweet. I've, I've gone zero carb. So you so mean green I, veg, really? And like yeah, carrots? but like like salady stuff, green beetroot. leafy. Yep, I've been eating beetroot. Kohlrabi? No. Celeriac. I can't spell it. I can't stand it. Celeriac. Don't just list vegetables, oh, darling. Oh, come on. This was That was getting good then. But you know what's good about keto? You get keto strips. They're little uh, things you wee on. And... Oh, yeah. They go a different colour when you're in ketosis, which is when your body is fueled by fat, not fueled by sugar and carbs, uh, right? Is that what keto means? Ketosis? Is that is ketosis yeah. the thing? So once you stop... Look, let me just... This is boring, but let me just tell you anyway. You know people think, oh, I'm going to work out. I need to have like a bowl of porridge or a banana or something, yep. right? So the, th- the way the food works is that bowl of porridge and banana just sits in your stomach for four hours. Mm. It's not, there's a very small amount of glucose goes into your blood quickly. Right. right. But really you've just given your body fuel and energy to store around itself to use as energy on another day. Right. So the reason people do that is because when you eat food, you get a hormone release, which makes you go, I have eaten. I'm sated. I can now work out. But people think, oh, I better not work out on an empty stomach. But the thing is, when you work out, the fuel you're using is generally fat stored from around your body or the glucose that's in your blood or, you know, like a mixture of stuff. I just fucking get dizzy and fall over. And once again, there'll be a muscly man carrying me out of the gym over his back. But that's because you're... Uh, that's unhealthy that's it's not meant to be like that we would have sprung out of bed at dawn and then hunted all day Mm. and then picked berries along the way and fed ourselves and then maybe had a big meal at night or whatever you stop trying to make me back into a caveman matthew i know but listen you know you've got a belly right yeah i have got a belly i've got right well i had more than not drank Listen, I hadn't drank for two months mm. and I still had a sort of rounded beer gut belly, right? And it's mm. not wobbly, mine. It's like hard. Mm. So I was like, what the fuck is that? And it's visceral fat around the organs more than just like wobbly fat under the skin. Subcutaneous fat, yeah. Is that how you say So it? like, well, subcutaneous fat is under the skin. The yeah. cutaneous like means the skin, I think. It just sort of sounds it's even just worse. It's a complete mis- mispronounced word. Subcutaneous, bright yellow padding underneath your skin, basically of just like oh, that's horrible it's looking just, stuff. It's Ming in it, go on. That's what they have sucked out when you have like a yeah, liposuction yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, basically, I've been doing that and I feel fucking way better. And I normally, I being a hypochondriac, have a blood pressure thing, and I have to take my blood pressure every now and again because of ADHD medication. Just you're meant to, right? Mm. So I've got one anyway, but like. I've always in high normal or like low hypertension, which means high blood pressure. And today, after four or five, six maybe days of keto, my blood pressure is ideal. And normally like there's normal, and which the NHS would be really pleased with you being in. But then ideal below that, I've never been anywhere fucking near it. And I can't imagine not eating till one though, mate. I mean, I'd, I'd, all I'd my aches and pains have gone. That aren't bad for me, like I'll have a quick avocado or. 
a scrap of squirrel or whatever it is. But you could, well, actually, that is a late one because I stay up late and get up late. But oh, you could do, you could do 11 yeah, to, and then could, not eat after seven. Yeah, I could probably manage that. You'll have to send me some little tips. Give me, give me a early meal tip, like breakfasty, whatever, what you're having. Well, at the moment, because I've got keto porridge, which is basically like chia seeds, coconut oh. flakes, you know, it's like, but it actually, once like. you, yeah, it's like you buy it, but like mm. I add uh, almond butter to it. So it's fatty and like, mm. you know, proteiny and cinnamon, which just, I mean, it gives a Don't sense of sweetness. Well, no, I'm just saying it gives a Don't sense of sweetness, doesn't it? Me. Cinnamon, which cinnamon. is a herb, it's not, I suppose the way to describe it to you is a sort of it's a smoky stick. Cigarette. It's like a, a, a cigar made out of sweet. Yes, it's a sort of red dust made from a twig. Um, <laughs> but Makes you, you sneeze. it like it just that fills me up for this is the thing, right? This is the thing. After two days, or not even after the first day, I didn't feel hungry. To I oh shit, I'm gonna eat. It's one o'clock. Honestly, it is amazing because your body switches from using glucose and fast sugars and carbohydrates, which you have to keep throwing in. That's why you're always hungry. And it moves to like fat. And so you give it fat, like avocados is healthy fat and, you know, nuts and stuff like that. And your body just goes completely differently. I don't crave food. I don't think about it. is Is the fasting bit between seven and when you eat again? Yes, so, so you're day, asleep for most of it, obviously. So it's like an extended night time. Yeah, so I think the simplest one is 16.8. So there's eight hours in which you're allowed to eat and 16 that you're fasting. But you're asleep for I mean, I know you're right. Nine. I'm, I'm not arguing with it at all. I'm just thinking how how clearly I am dug in to the other thing where, like, literally before we talked, I've had fish, chips and mushy peas and a cup of tea. But I don't like, think that's bad. I think, no, like, I basically, you know, just, it's... I don't have that every night, but, you know. It's fine when you're younger and your metabolism's faster and stuff, but, like, you probably might be... I mean, you might not be. It's genetic as well. You might not be insulin-resistant. You might be fine, but you've got visceral fat. You've got a belly, oh, right, that doesn't... I tell you now. Doesn't, yeah. The thing is now, right, when you... when you, It's like that thing where, like, the algorithms are following you and they know what, you've, what you're insecure about because at some point you've gone... Oh, uh, I wonder how much it would cost to have my my face changed into a better one, <laughs> or like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, uh, what exercises do do I need to do to not have one massive tit, or whatever, and then and then for the next sort of six months, every advert you look at is like that. Are you a fat loser <laughs> with one tit <laughs> with called one Nico? Tit. And then and then it starts. So you start getting all those like little adverts on like instagram where it's like an illustration of like a person with no skin where you can see them doing like different exercises and it shows you which bit of the body it's moving like the little illustration on a gym machine yeah but they they really they do the the sub subcutaneous fat in bright yellow and you look at it and you think oh my god seeing it like that like just sitting like laid over the meat and like the shape you should be like just like a load of butter it mm. looks fucking horrible doesn't it but you know that um that's a myth that like if you do sit-ups you'll get rid of the fat on your belly oh, you yeah, yeah. doing exercise your body stored energy as fat around your body it doesn't mean where you exercise but body part will lose fat it doesn't that's irrelevant really it's like 
you'll lose fat from everywhere. But where you're storing extra fat is around your middle, which is unhealthy. Listen, this is the other mad thing. I, about three days in, right, I was like, all my aches and pains, my like sort of, oh, feel that. You know where you think, oh, that's because I'm getting older. That has all gone. And I feel really light and like, Mm. like, I feel like, honestly, I felt like I was like 25. And also... I one morning I was like fucking hell how much of, like what um, dose of my medication did I take because I'm meant to take 20 but I take 5 or 10 most mm-hmm. days right and I was like did I take a 10 I feel like I'm on a 10 no it must have been a f-. and I was like hang on I haven't taken it today and I swear to god like your mood's better my anxiety like I don't really get anxiety these days but you know like low mood where you feel a bit depressed for a bit yeah. or like you might feel a bit wired and anxious or whatever. Mm. honestly it's all gone it's wow, all gone that is definitely interesting especially and I know it's not like it can't all just be food and I, I no what I'm actually getting at is I know you've cut out booze but it's tempting to actually believe that uh the food things almost no, do you know what I think it is? In my case, I don't think I'm, I don't think everyone's the same, right? But like in my case, it's my, I always had like hyperglycemia, like high blood pressure and then low blood pressure and feel mm. weird and oh, I feel shaky if I haven't oh, yeah, eaten. And yeah, then, yeah. And, and I used to think I'd like had a phobia of restaurants or something because really? after I'd eaten a big meal, yeah, I'd feel like on edge and weird. Well, like, and like, oh, come in and get you. There's a restaurant no. coming. <laughs> wake up no, it's alright babe it's me wake it's up a pop up restaurant there's, there's an Indian restaurant in the toilet no you're dreaming you're dreaming Matthew no but listen right yeah. just to just, just to, to be serious stuff, I know because this has turned into a very dull health chat but I'm very aware of our um, listenership having people constantly saying that they've got anxiety or depression yep. I think anxiety is massively linked to blood sugar Yeah. And okay. especially the crashing of blood sugar. It's also linked to caffeine. And hours after you've finished drinking caffeine, you get um, that affects your blood pressure as well. But it the blood pressure and blood sugar. But it also affects your cortisol and stress hormones and stuff. So basically, I th- I would suggest to anyone try intermittent fasting where because what it does is as well for like weight loss. It's like I know I can't eat after nine p.m. and I'm really good at going well, I can't eat now till tomorrow. And normally, like, I go to bed about one. So about 11, I'll go down, just pick through the fridge and eat some mad fucking dinner, you know, like a sort of like a pickle wrapped in vegan cheese and then laid on a salami and yeah. just eat three of them. And, yeah. some, you know, it's Same. just bollocks. And so I won't, I can't do that. So I haven't done that. And then what I realised was, it's a bit like giving up alcohol and thinking, oh, I need a drink before I go to a thing to meet someone. No, I don't. I've done it and I don't need that. It's like that with food. It's like, Mm. I'm not actually hungry. I'm sort of bored. And also when you eat carbs, you burn through it and then you have an energy drop, right? So you're giving your body this fast fuel that it needs. If you eat mostly meat and fat, like I can't do the whole, like eating spoonfuls of coconut oil type thing. I'm not doing that because I I think that's bad for cholesterol. No. No, you mustn't have an apple. That's got sugar in it. What can I Yeah, but like, a banana oh, is the same things as as your caveman ancestors. Now get back in your get back in your loincloth and your cave. No, you can eat like berries and you could eat apple. Like, oh, the thing with me is if if you're not in um you know, the beginnings of diabetes, then yeah, fucking eat fruit. But like 
Not if you're doing keto, you can have like a mouthful of banana, and that would be your carbs for the day. One mouthful. Yeah, just the tip. And I eat want it you sexy. to be the person that gives eat me my mouthful of banana. Sexy. I want you to be the, come, and, <laughs> come over and give me my little mouthful of banana every day, and mm. say, Tank, you know that are take it people like, who um, people who believe in God. I remember watching this thing, and this bloke was saying like. If God's not real, then why does a banana fit exactly in our hands? And how does it, we peel it? And and it, it slipped like the angle of it goes to your mouth when you're holding it. And it was quite a compelling argument. But then it was also you think, well, <laughs> That's fucking stupid. Imagine why does a banana taste like, nice? Yeah, OK, if there's no God, then how come my bed is the same size as a human man? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's talking about things from nature, not oh, beds that have been made. To inject, so you've completely lost. Well, you've dragged it off. Of course, you. it just like you've, lost, have, you've lost your personality. There's going to be no, but I'm ne- no, it doesn't matter how happened. sober and fat fueled I am. I'm never going to accept that as a comparison because a bed has been made by a human. <laughs> clearly, going to be writing in saying Matthew's been kidnapped and there's now this an imposter Matthew. playing him. All right, let's go with the banana jokes, but don't go to beds. Go to yeah. people saying, All right. well, you could say, why is a pineapple so spiky then? God, is God evil? Yeah. Uh, how and come... you can't eat the middle bit of a pineapple because it makes your lips all hurt. How come coconuts look the same as, like, two halves of a, a monkey's mouth? That's rubbish, isn't it? No, it's not. It's great. Right, listen. But it... Let, let me attempt to take this out of neutral. At least I'm proud of you for year. not going to coconut bra in your mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did. I think it's sweet and innocent that you thought of a little, like, I want to be like you yeah. with like, coconuts. Ba, 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 ba. Isn't that in when that, the bear like, puts it on to try and like sneak into the... Yeah. 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 I love the words, um, the phrase sock puppet. You know when uh, people have a fake internet account like a, they have a fake Twitter account and people say, oh, no, it's a sock puppet oh, of blah, blah, blah. They? I like, I like, oh, I'd like to have that. a show. I think there'd be a good sitcom called Sock Puppet and it's not about puppets or anything, but it's just about some guy who's a bit of a knob <laughs> with the man's hand up his ass. Hey, or a lady, right? Who, I okay, mean, who cunt. cares? Let's not even Hand up her cunt. Yet. Up her vag. Let me tell you something. I, want, I just want you to react. Just, okay. Let's try and shake off this dreary new Matthew, <laughs> <laughs> who, who's so much happier and yet so much worse. I know. Maybe the comedy comes from misery. Well, a lot of it does, but I mean, I'm sure there's a middle ground where you don't have to be this bad. Um, yeah, it's just because it's not. I've just been to a shop, right? When I bought, I bought my chips. Fuck me. Yeah, it gets better. I've just been in this shop, right, and bought a few bits and pieces, and the lady was, like, quite chirpy, and it was like a family shop, and she chatting to her mum and everyone who comes in, oh, you had a nice weekend and all that, right? Then I got to the till, mm-hmm. right, and she had a pile of things next to the till with, like, oh, special offer, buy this now because it can, we need to get rid of it and so you can have it for 20p sort of thing, right? Yeah. The thing on top of that pile... Out like out and next to the till, not in a fridge or a freezer anymore, was a bag of ice. How <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid's that? A fucking bag of ice next to the till, and she went, uh, oh yeah, by the way, you know, and you're paying. Uh, yeah, twenty two pound, yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, do you want uh do you want this bag of ice? Do you need some ice for tonight? 
I was like, no. And then I looked at it and I just thought, I mean, how long, have that, how long has that bag of ice That got? is insane. It's Imagine they're going, insane. they've got to send this back to the supply and it's turned yeah. into a bag of water. Also, it's like, what is the sell-by date on ice? Like, mm, why, are they get, why, why, are they get, why are they getting rid of it? Like, quick, hurry up, this ice is going off. Like, it'll be off tomorrow. Like, no. No, it'll be frozen if you leave it in a freezer. It's I just I no idea what they were getting at. Cause, and, the, and all the other stuff there was like some quavers that are going out and like some pilchards and whatever, but she just she didn't even mention <laughs> them. And those are things that won't melt in like an hour. <laughs> well, I, I reckon yeah. because there's people panicking about food shortages and petrol stuff, they've given over the freezer space to food with a higher turnover, higher profit. Well, yeah, this is like watching Sherlock Holmes in action. Yeah, and then they've taken the ice out thinking, it's not even hot anymore. Who's going to buy bloody ice in that or, voice? Or actually it was like a snide little thing and that was actually cubes of <laughs> frozen petrol. <laughs> oh. You want to buy some uh, You want to buy some four-star that we've had in the deep freeze since the last crisis? Imagine, no, imagine they told you that that's what it was and you just out, stood outside going, are you sure about this loading ice cubes into your petrol cap? <laughs> Popping them in one at a time. Rattling down into your engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going in. Um, did you uh, panic buy some petrol? No, it makes me angry. There's no point ever panishing, panic buying anything. I mean, not ever. I mean, he's obviously like in the middle of like a proper like revolution or a war. I'd be the first yeah. at the back of a truck when they're throwing grain out. You know what I mean? But um... well, it, the thing with panic buying is it, you literally like look at toilet roll and coronavirus. You, you could you, someone could go ketchup. It's running out. And as long as that spreads around the nation, then ketchup will run out because everyone buys. So it's like it's people out. then can go. They've got no petrol in two petrol stations around here, and then everyone who thinks yeah. it's bollocks goes, "Oh shit! Well, I better fill the car do it up. anyway." Yeah, and then it's running out. It's running, it's running out. out. It's running. Ketchup's running out. And then it turns into a big riot of England fans <laughs> singing "Ketchup's running out," all like pulling each other's fucking glasses off and snapping them in half and kicking each other and in like the balls. The Guardian running a thing about how to make your own ketchup, and you yeah. you follow it meticulously. And it Nigel just tastes like tomatoey on... water. It doesn't have to be as difficult as you think to make your own sorrel ketchup. Fuck off, Nigel. We don't Fuck need you off. right now. We're all we're all fucking trying to beat each other at life. I think Katie once made ketchup from like when she was going through like the ketchup's full of sugar and stuff. So yes. like we were going through a health phase or she was. This was before I this is when I poo-pooed all this stuff that is now my religion. Yeah. She made homemade ketchup and it tasted I mean it tasted of tomatoes, which it's meant to, yeah. but That's it was fucking is. awful. Ketchup is basically uh, sweets made out of tomatoes. I know, but when you're a kid, like ketchup's so savoury, isn't it? You just, when someone goes, it's full of sugar, you think, well, where are they fucking hiding the sugar? But now, I tell you what, once you go keto and you don't eat sugar, oh, God, if I eat a cashew now, do you know what it tastes like? Uh, a fucking quality street. <laughs> you see, this is the side of you that, that can proves that you can be new Keto Simon, or whatever your name is. And yet, still crack a little joke and put a little F word in there. Do you do you still swear and say like cool stuff, or are you worried that it's going to make you tired? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think I swear more than ever, but I swear from a happy place. 
I go, what life? let's get this. I jump out of bed and Katie looks over and I just go, let's fuck this day in the ass. <laughs> Whereas I used to just get up and go, oh, fucking hell. My toe hurts. Oh, it's nine Which o'clock it does. and I've already, I've had a pano chocolate and I already feel like going back to bed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know. Get on I mean, the, fu- right. get on it. I mean, like, do right. it. That's I told you annoying. to sun your balls. And I'm going to say. And I was right. You are not often right. I'm going to say that. You're Got always it. worth listening to. I love listening to it, but like I've, I've probably said this to you before, and now I've I've mentioned it a couple of times on my show. Um, by the time I put this up, I probably will have done a little sting to take the piss out of you because the new bat, one of the new badges of the show is Bad Vice with Matt Morgan. <laughs> well, this is good vice. Yeah, well, even if it right, is, okay. it's picture fun. yourself. It's fun to call it Bad Vice with Matt Morgan. Yes, it's fun. It's Quite a great. Long. It's a bit of name. fun. Remember old okay, fun sorry. Matthew that used to. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> he used him. To play along he was an idiot. Things. He went up a mountain and drank whiskey and and took his ADHD medication. the aggressive prick that fucking drank for about six hours after the Germany game and then basically turned up like Oliver Reed on my podcast. I mean, you know. My first one. I'm not saying he's not going to come back at some point. (laughs) Not tonight. But um, I forgot what I was going to say now. I thought I thought you didn't get brain fog anymore. This, uh, what's happening? Go and, go and eat bra- another it's... strip of deer meat or whatever it is. No, you're that, that was what I was going to say. Imagine yourself as a car. No, actually, imagine yourself as a car owner because you are one and that will be easier wow. for you because I know you'll get caught up going, where's my brain if I'm a car? Is it the engine? Is it the little light on the roof? <laughs> what eyes? is it? The windscreen wipers? Is that my no, eyebrow? No, the headlights. It's the boot, my anus. Just picture yourself as you owning a car, and then that car has been developed, whatever, for years. What do you have, diesel or petrol? Petrol, thank you. Petrol, okay. um, Now, imagine... No. um, Imagine the world... Be quiet, girl. (laughs) Imagine the world changed, and you start... And, like, there was free, uh, I don't know, some liquid everywhere that sort of made the car go, so you didn't have to buy petrol anymore, And but it was it just grew everywhere. It was like plants that you mashed up, stuck them in your petrol tank, and then you were off, right? Like a sort of smoothie for cars. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Why is this happening? Just listen. And then you drove that car around and then it was like the car was sort of chugging along and the headlights were dim and it wasn't quite right and everything wasn't quite right. And then someone came along called Matt and he said that machine evolved over years Mm -hmm. to take petrol. Right. Fill your car with petrol and your car will work properly. And all these problems like, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm sad. Oh, I've grown a tit are because you're on your car. Your car's got a tit in this analogy. <laughs> Those things are happening because you're putting the car smoothie from bushes in, in your car. So stop doing that. And you're going, oh, but I can't because I like mushy peas. My car, car likes smoothie. My, my car likes smoothie. <laughs> I admit this analogy is very messed up. And, My cat and, likes being on apple juice. I mean, they don't get very far, and I've had to scrap it before, and it's died it, now. It's but... only got one wheel, but I, we're, happy. we're happy, and I like I like my ketchup. <laughs> the car likes the taste of ketchup. I mean, it's not. Uh, you can't really uh, call it petrol if there's no ketchup on it, can you? I don't even put the cap on anymore. The difference. Just... The difference. Matthew, of uh, a car and a human being. 
uh, and I know you probably haven't thought this deeply about it, but is that a car won't become extremely dreary and uh, less fun to talk to by putting well, yeah, but the, in it, but well, you know, true. It's but not, like, the say, car's not got a soul. Yeah, but say your like car because you it's got the. Pretend your car was fun because sometimes it would cut out, sometimes it would go, sometimes it would do stuff, sometimes the headlights were, sometimes it would just honk at people randomly. You think, Weekly. this car's so much fun, but then when you put the right fuel in it, it suddenly works perfectly. And you think, hang on, was I making this comedian a comedian to be unhappy and now that he's not comedian and he's not funny anymore but he's happy and healthy do i not want to drive him anymore i don't know what the (laughs) fuck this analogy has become but basically i'm saying and uh, nico hey can i just say yeah because i care about you and you look like you've got a pillow up your jumper (laughs) and and so did i until (laughs) i look like i've got steve bruce up my jumper you look like, mm. it, and also it's high. Week, my mates were laughing at me until they were on the floor. I need to Google Steve Bruce Steve, again. Well, on, specifically on match of the day, first game of the season, he was wearing like a tracksuit top, but it was so tight. But his belly and his sort of moobs were really present. And that day I'd worn a T-shirt that was just a bit too snug and was sort of taking the piss out of myself for it. And then when Brucey walk, walked on like on the touchline because they were playing Man United... Uh, even though obviously I like to think that I don't really look like him, they had me fucking bang to rights, and I had to. Oh, just, I've seen him, I just yeah. had to sit there and watch my friends unable to speak at how fat I am. But you're, okay. this is the thing: you're not fat. You've got a swollen tummy, and the thing is, <laughs> like I was, uh, I was about one eight nine in pounds, which is about I don't know thirteen stone something. I can't remember, but I, I only know in pounds, right? But I was one hundred eighty nine, and now I'm one eight one, and I've only been doing it for five six days. Nine pounds. No, no expect- less than that. Eight, seven or eight pounds. I've lost in a few days. Is that a lot? Is that what's that in stone? That's a lot, mate. A stone is fourteen pounds, so over what? half a stone. All right, okay. All right, well, yeah, okay. But, I mean, a lot of that, it's hard to tell because a lot of it's fluid. Like, also, you you're doing can't really go way. on. You're not, you're not just like, oh, yeah, well, all I've eaten is bacon for the no, last No, 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 I'm not eating, I've not eaten any processed meat. Halitosis falling out, but I'm <laughs> no. four stone. This is great, no. guys. That is not sustainable. I could live like this because it's how I actually, I mean, it's not well, far. We'll see, won't we? Yeah. We'll see. We will fucking will. We'll see. One but listen, you'll, you'll, you're you'll taking be... the piss. I'm trying to save you from yourself. I could... Well, I have to take the piss, otherwise the listeners won't have anything fun to listen to. But no, but they might, like, just agree change with their you. lives. It's like Radio 4. It's because I've found God. It's like I've found God. <laughs> you have. It's like Woman's Hour. Can I just say, oh, though, because God. I'd like to, you to do it for a month, because I know you'll phone me up and go, fucking hell, mate, all my mental health issues have resolved themselves. My... Cushion up my jumper has become a sock <laughs> up my jumper. And also, that tit has mm. gone straight down and the extra tissue has gone straight to my cock. Oh, God, imagine if it got a little fat little... If there was, like, it mo- it just moved. Like, it scurried down looking for more you, fat to eat and it couldn't find imagine, any. And it went, oh, I'll just stay here around this... Around appendage. This pale, around this pale tube. <laughs> 
<laughs> what about when you sent me a nude photo of yourself and the groin area? I said, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, let's just explain the photo so it's not like a full on here act. Like it wasn't like yeah. world, the World yeah. in Action logo or, or like what that's the um, uh, what's he called Michelangelo? Like I was, it wasn't like spread da eagle nude Da Vinci thing. I basically, I've got certain friends who I know will laugh when I'm sitting there in a sort of awkward, uncomfortable position, all bunched up and a bit fat and a bit out of shape. I'll get my phone on selfie mode and I'll move my hand around until it's at the most unflattering angle that it could possibly be. Then I'll take that photo and I'll pull a funny face and I will send that photo to a handful of my friends. And there is some beauties out there. What what was the one like that I sent you then? Well, all I remember is my response to it was I zoomed in on the uh, waist and I said, I've only ever seen that body part on an articulated doll. <laughs> you know, like... Chest whistles. It was... No, it was like... No, I know what you mean. It's like three parts, it's like, isn't it? It's like... It's the... Yeah, it's like there's the, there's the line uh, where the sort of tummy ends and the you know abdomen <laughs> yeah, the yeah, lower like abdomen belt. starts it's like a belt line isn't it and then there's a line around the top of each leg so it looked like a little pair of plastic pants <laughs> <laughs> but just to give people an idea of what the photo was and we won't be sharing it matthew no i won't now we've got we've both got a picture of each other that that probably won't do us any favors yeah but so we can I... use that against each other as a, a okay. threat we've got insurance. collateral collateral but um basically i don't usually sit naked with a laptop but it was one of them things where i'd already got ready and or i was like in between getting ready for bed and then suddenly i was like oh my fucking god i haven't downloaded that thing so i quickly just put the computer just on. say you were looking at porn just admit <laughs> no, look, i wasn't looking at oh porn, i'm naked laptop. laying on the bed with my laptop oh i haven't downloaded that <laughs> thing I I haven't I haven't downloaded that <laughs> the latest uh, spyware. No, I haven't I downloaded that p- spunk in my balls. No, I, I, I've, I've got to do that. I don't, I don't. I don't think. Right. I'm. Uh, it's time for a wank. But just before I start, I'll t- I'll send a picture to Matt. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't like go. Just like a cry for help, so you know when I'm on, when I'm doing it. I reckon you do that to all your mates at the start of a wank because <laughs> your fetish is being like abused verbally yeah, by yeah. people. Yeah, I reckon yeah. if I'd have replied like, <laughs> you, dirty you fucking pig-nosed little fuck toy, <laughs> you'd have like probably, He's absolutely, back. you'd have fucking smashed your laptop up with your penis and gone, yeah! <laughs> oh, this is more like, this is the real you. Just fucking chill out, have a Guinness and a pork pie. Come on, Ugh, it's nearly it's time, for, worse. it's time for your midnight pot pie, Matthew. <laughs> I bet you wake up in the morning and have some great big slab of bread. <laughs> yeah, I do. Some That's bacon the thing I it. agree with. I... And some tomato ketchup and then go, why am I sad? Why am I, I so slow? Nothing. Why does my body ache? No, I've got a ketchup bottle next to my bed. A bit, oh, <laughs> In the God. night where I'm just like, oh, God. Wake up, you know when you've got a hangover? Give it a little shake and just like, eh, uh, eh. Uh. And just sort of, I bet it's a fucking squirty one. And then open open a like a a four liter bottle of Dr Pepper that's on the floor next to my bed. (laughs) 
that's gone like flat. <laughs> just, like, just like rinsed around my mouth. And then you've got just a little, sugar, little yeah. sugar bowl with sugar cubes and one of those little silver picker-uppers things. And you just <laughs> just chuck, chuck four yeah. back in your throat. Yeah. yeah. I just like, I put like a sugar cube under my tongue, like one of those uh, tobacco things that Swedish people have that they put in their gum. Snus. Yeah, snus, snus. I put like a, a sugar, I put sugar cubes all round, like a gum shield. Like Marlon Brando. <laughs> like, you yeah. come to my daughter's wedding. I thank you for coming to see me today. <laughs> Can I interest you in a sugar cube from out of the wolf of my mouth? See, <laughs> <laughs> so we're off. Whoa, bang. Woohoo. And this is the start of the show, 70 minutes in, and we've finally pulled the choke out and got little Matthew Morgan started. Well, sometimes I have to clear the pipes of seriousness because yeah, I, know. I just have to. I mean, we did have a serious chat earlier, but thanks. So that's basically, I've had to do two oh, hours yeah. of basically mind-crushingly depressing stuff in order to get you to stop taking the piss out of my body again. Yeah, we're there, baby. Well, I'm not saying that I'm particularly uh, healthy and fit and whatever, but... You, you do, you make a... I reckon overall you do make more of an effort than I do, without a doubt. And you've got, may I say, when you make a little bit of effort, I, it does make me think, oh, shit, you need to sort of watch yourself here because you have got quite a chassis from one what man from one man to mean? another can i just say yeah lovely nice guns oh i thought sh you were saying my bum was nice no i just meant the whole thing, oh like chassis means body know, yeah is it yeah i kind of must have wanted it to mean bum have you been taking have you been working out and and you know basically have you is your phone full of um weightlifting no because because I had a cold that really kicked my ass. You know this cold uh, that's going around that everyone's... I fucking yeah. had it before it was cool. And it, I just felt rough. And then I, I did some pull-ups and I was just like, oh, God. But um, I today I put... Like, this is really fucking an achievement for me. I used to have a roof rack. I got a bike thing for the roof rack. I fitted, I took it to Halfords and the man fitted it while I waited like yeah. an absolute knob. Yeah. So I actually, you know, you like pay a, him a bit like more. Like Nana. <laughs> yeah, I kept looking outside. I don't know how to use a screw. Can you make the, I don't know. But like, uh, he was fitting it and I kept looking out there and just thinking, because I didn't mind walking around Halfords for 40 minutes or whatever it was. But I looked out there and he was using a measuring tape and he was up on a fucking step ladder. And I just thought, oh, you poor man. I could never do that. You know, hurry up. And then today, because we've got a new car, I had to order these new feet for it. And it's Thule. I think it's pronounced Thule, but it's again. Thule. New feet for what? They're called feet for a roof rack. For a roof rack. I was going to say. You know, you have roof that bars. amazing, wouldn't it? Little car <laughs> just waddling along. <laughs> it just runs after your car. Like a dog. Wait for me! <laughs> With little, little pink Monty Python feet. Uh, no, I changed, basically, this to anyone normal. This sounds like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I changed, the, I, put, I fitted the new the old roof rack with the new feet and the new fucking bits they don't tell you you need for the feet until you try and fit the feet and then you go what well, hang on these don't fit and then it goes oh you need the fitting kit that's another 40 quid oh, we so go. got all these fucking bits and pieces together and then realized one of the instruction booklets wasn't there but 
I was so sort of like zoned in with my ketosis I just went right I'll work this out and normally I'd have got overwhelmed given up halfway through it would have been awful I fucking did it and I was there was a weird moment where I thought I'm enjoying this this is a puzzle to be solved and then I fitted it and I was up a stepladder with a fucking measuring tape thinking I'm doing this normally for some reason I'd be thinking because my next door neighbours both sides are both quite uh, <laughs> handy men <clears throat> you know yeah, we talked about yeah, Steve the neighbour yeah, right yeah, yeah. so I was up the stepladder thinking I can feel their eyes on me knowing that yeah, I'm doing yeah. this wrong Thank but warning their I just wives thought, that they might have to go out in a minute yeah go oh god I better put my shoes on he's putting a roof rack on his car he's done it backwards his trousers have oh, fallen down look at, him. look at him look at him look come here Jill look at him oh, fucking oh he's going to take his hand off Oh bless him! Oh look at him! Look at him trying to look at him trying to scurry onto the roof. Was he putting a raw plug in it? What, what the he, fuck's he doing? He, what he's standing on his kid's back? Why is he? Why is his kid got nailed down? Oh no, 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 mate! Use a stool for that. Oh, what a cunt! What a cunt! Oh, but I'm just gonna. I'll go go out. Say you water in the garden and help him. You know what he's like. But like, and I was up there, and I just thought, oh, go on then, look at me. But normally I'd think they're looking at me, but I wasn't even paranoid about them looking at me. I was so clean and tidy in the old brain. But anyway, I got it up there. That is fucking hard, getting a um, full-sus heavy mountain bike up on top of an SUV-type vehicle. That's what I don't understand about roof racks. It's like, okay, so we fitted the roof rack. It's like, cheers, guys. So where do I get, where do I, um, where do I put the bike? And they're like... On top of your car. <laughs> like, yeah, what? no, but and then you, you have the bike holder, right? So it's really awkward. You have to lift up the bike and slide the, front, the front wheel turns and so it hits you in the face. You know oh, that rubber that no. spokes in no, the face. No, 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 no. no so then no. you realise, no, I'll hold the, the fork, the front fork, so the wheel can't turn. But that's a bit turny itself. Anyway, you get it up there, you strap it in. There's a little, like, robot arm that holds it around the, you know, where the, uh, like, one of the uh, crossbar. No, not crossbars. Yeah. And so it goes, but it doesn't, if it was a robot and he just went, let me take that for you, sir, it would be good. But you've got to go, oh, fucking hell, like, you've got the weight of the bike. But the only thing was I bought a little step stool months ago when I was meant to start mountain biking and never did. But what I realized I needed was a proper set of, you know, like, well, I've got some, but like a fucking little ladder, a little step ladder, the sort of step ladder you might uh, have in a co-op, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I went and got that out of the shed and I was thinking, this looks ridiculous. This can't be how people do this. And so I, but then I got it up there on the car. It looks like you're trying to be taller. Yeah. But, but you, I mean, you might be able to do it, but I'm like, you're quite tall, aren't you? But, but you've got to see me trying to do anything that involves like moving a bike, like, you know, through a doorway and then the thing turns around and then the logic goes in my head and then I do the wrong thing. And then the whole thing, like that is like it's peak. It looks like Lee yeah. Evans basically doing comedy. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I wasn't that. far off that at points, but I got it up there, strapped it in, it all clicked in, and it worked. And then I tightened it all up, and it was just like fucking hell. I've done it. But my and then I thought, I'll go for a bike ride. I've got it. I've done it. It's on my car. But um, I came in and sat down, and then I thought, honestly, was so fucking exhausted from that hour and a half of doing that maybe two hours no it couldn't have been that long but it was a while and i sat down and then i googled how you're meant to do it and how people put fucking mountain bikes up on suvs and guess what Mm. fucking step ladders 
every to a man, big butch guys saying, really? "Guys, you're gonna need a fucking step oh, ladder." Fuck that shit! Oh, I hate this. What? A so I got it right. Idea. Just get one of them things on the back where it just sort of goes on the on the boot. You can't. Um, they can't, they, oh. You have to have a tow bar. Right. No, I have to tell you about. And that. The, oh no, you don't have to. So you wait, can have a tow on. bar one. Wait. I had one. Or you can have one. That goes on the back of your car and fucks your car up. But also, my car won't take one. So I had Carry one of them, on. right? I had one of them where the, it's like a rack on the boot. And you, you'll see like three or four bikes on it. Yeah. And it worked. Doesn't that, you know... That's we, the best kind, really. about one of those, now that we're For back access. to the boring Matthew, Keto Simon, is that uh, the, the sort of rough uh, uh, fabric straps that seem quite tough soon perish in a bit of outdoor weather and you know you can like pull it apart like fucking tissue paper it's shite but then what Mm. happened was basically i had i had that on the back of my car for ages and did occasionally use it put the bike on the back go somewhere it's nice to cycle so i don't like i don't like road cycling to be honest that much leave do i so i took it somewhere i took it somewhere had a nice bike ride and then you know, used it for a while, but then after a while, it was just sat there, and it was getting a bit rusty. Over a, over a couple of years, it's like, actually, is this thing still going to hold the bike up, or is it now just this rotten piece of crap metal? So anyway, I'm driving along, and I suddenly noticed that my... I could see that my bike wasn't... It was still on the back, but it was like half the bike. You could see half the bike, and the other the bike was flapping around. Mm. I was like, Fuck. So, like, obviously, something somewhere had come loose and part of it was hanging off. So I pulled over into a petrol station and I went to... I thought, right, okay, I went to open the boot or I did something where I was like, I need to open the boot to move the thing because maybe that's wedged there and whatever. But whatever I did where I moved it, what happened was the bike swung round the other way and the metal bracket trapped my finger. (laughs) Oh... And it was like the weight of a big rack and my bike. And there was no way I could move it. And I was literally just there. <laughs> so if someone was like, if you, cut to, if you cut to like the staff inside the BP Connect or whatever, going, what's that sound? Um, Jill, can you hear that? Uh, that it was basically me like parked up going, ah! save me. I literally were you in the car? No, hang on. You were, at, no, you were I, out I, of the I went the, around the stood. back of the car. To try right. and take the bike off because it had sort of come loose, but in trying to correct it, it basically did a little move on me, and it and it my my bike trapped my hand, and I, oh. but I couldn't move it, and I was literally shouting help, help, help! That must me! be the CCTV because it's at a garage. <laughs> not, yeah, like maybe there's a picture of me in there as well, like like my uh, my other garage where I where you uh, stole petrol, right, where I stole the petrol from. <laughs> Matthew has just been telling me, and he's about to tell me, how to make a lovely little um, dishoom, trendy Indian scrambled egg type thing. Tell me more. Okay, Nico, I'll say it again. <laughs> now, I went to dishoom for breakfast and they had these... Uh, mo- I don't like the word moist or wet because it makes you think... I like, I had a wet egg. <laughs> um, <laughs> the moist breakfast. But the kid, but like basically, it's like an Indian version of scrambled eggs, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's fucking delicious because I love. I think Indian food is like 
the food of the gods. I literally think it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically, I had these scrambled eggs. They blew my bloody socks off. This was before I went keto. I don't know if I've mentioned that. I'm keto. And so then... Sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone. Keep going. I Googled a recipe and I saw that it was quite a common thing. But I honestly don't think it's Indian. Isn't Dishoom? Isn't it like... Um, I'm going to look it up. Dishoom scrambled eggs. Because it's called... It's got... A, yeah. I think... I don't want... Dishoom scrambled eggs. Right? Well, yeah, it's kind of... Definitely. A curry, it's called. What? But uh, a, a curry, it's called. Is the Sorry, the name for the scrambled eggs. Now, is Dishoom Indian or is it... It's not Sri Lankan. Well, it says, put it here, it says Dishoom Shoreditch Indian restaurant. Oh, Parsi. So it's um, Iranian. No. It says modern Indian restaurant. Indian restaurant. Buzzy like... destination for Indian street food in a Bombay style. In Bombay style digs with vintage decor and upscale touches. Ooh, don't mind if I do. I thought, I thought Parsi meant... Um... Iranian, but it's Indian, isn't it? It's part of in, it's a the thing of is, there's food. probably a, fl- a few influences in the menu once you're in there. Because, right, this is why for cool stuff, aren't they? Okay, it's literally both... like an Indian full English, isn't there? Yeah, that's why I add. Oh, but listen, right? Yeah, go on, just so I could clear this up. The, the Parsis are an ethno religious group of the Indian subcontinent whose religion is Zoroastrianism, which is the original religion of Iran or in or, you know, what was it called? Persia. Their ancestors migrated to the region from modern-day Iran. Thank you, I was right. Following the Muslim conquest of Persia in the 7th century, right, Iran... You were asking what... Is, is, is Dishoom an Indian restaurant? And the internet says, yes, Dishoom is an Indian restaurant. Yes, and the cuisine is originally Persian or Iranian, and yeah. it's the Parsis who came from Iran and brought that. So it's a sort of, let's call it fusion. Yeah. Lovely little word. Nice right. bit of fusion. So, Tell me about the full English that's in A curry. Right, so I can't remember. It was, there's like spicy sort of beans and... A, uh, was it? Beans it was bacon. I can't that. fucking remember. Bacon but but let's just talk on. about the eggs. Go on, surprise Right, me. this is what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, like when you make a curry and you... Um, what do you call it? When you caramelise onion. You yeah. know, you get the onion transparent and sweet and lovely in the oil. Yeah. Yep, and yep, with yep, add yep, the spices, yep. so yep, yep, garlic all that. and ginger. You could do. I mean, you have fun with it. I just use curry powder, a bit of garlic yep. powder, yeah, 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 uh, chili flakes, got all of cumin, yeah, all you know, just basic sort of you know like curry stuff, mm-hmm. and then about four eggs, um, and then I think when I had it at Dishoom, there was there was like some veg chopped into it, like mushrooms and peppers or something. But like spring you, onions are nice in that. Yeah, but you've used oh, onions you've in the base. Sorry, yeah, I'm but just, you probably could. Just trying to join in. Please don't. Because it's a recipe. Potatoes. No. No. Those guys are Spanish omelette. But anyway, you put the eggs in and then you fold it over a few times and you've got to be brave about the moistness. You can't think, oh, I'm going to make a big rubbery slab of scrambled eggs like I'm in a calf. No, be brave because you can eat raw eggs. So they're obviously not raw, but like moist, keep them moist. Telling people to eat raw eggs. That's no one's done that since Rocky One. Well, it is a thing, isn't it? I'm saying you could, but don't. Yeah. Right, and then you put it on a plate and you fucking eat it, 
and you bloody thank me because you'll love it if you like Indian food. So is that dish in the egg bit of the full English? Yes. A couple of Richmond sausages, you're good to go. But it, well, I don't want the, so- I the want to tell you something I couldn't about, have had the sausages. I want to tell you something about Richmond sausages. And I can't qualify oh. this as true. But I'm going to oh, say I'm still, it. I'm still reeling from when you described your tit meat as sausagey. <laughs> well, listen to this, right? A mate mm. of mine... So this is straight from the horse's mouth as a story. It sounds oh, like cool. an urban myth, but my mate literally told me this himself, right? right. He used to work in advertising, and they had a, a Richmond Sausages as, as a client, right? The you know famous, basically newsagent-level sausages. Yeah. <laughs> right? Them weird skinless, and it says Irish recipe and all that, right? Whatever that means. And you know that it's not high meat content and there's stuff like rusk and a load of other mm. scary numbers on that. It's just like shite. Lips the mum still assholes. buys them. She still buys them sausages. Or if she if she was being all cute when I was skint, she'd send me an online shop and I'd be dead grateful, but there would be Richmond sausages and marrow fat peas in the shopping that she bought from me, right? <laughs> right. So my mate goes for a tour of the Richmond sausage factory and never I think he actually went vegetarian literally that day from going to the Richmond Sausage Factory. And it wasn't just like, oh, it was so cruel, the poor little piggies. I mean, they didn't know what was hitting them and all that. It, 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 was, it wasn't that. He said that they were walking around with the old safe, you know, with the old uh, hairnets on and wellies and all that, right? And then yeah. suddenly this klaxon went off and they all, they all sort of like got in a really good mood and started like ch- clear, cheering and clapping and stuff. And then he was like, oh, what's going on? He goes, ah, oh, it's, uh, it's a White Welly Wednesday. <laughs> right? He goes, white, mm. it's what? White Welly Wednesday. It's like every Wednesday, someone throws a White Welly, a Wellington boot, into the mix, and it'll end up in the fucking food. And everyone Bullshit. Like, thinks it's really... He told me firsthand that he was having a tour of the Richmond fucking sausage factory and White Welly Wednesday is like a sort of weekly thing, like sort of playing playing darts or like that's absolutely cr- playing cricket. Bullshit! With <laughs> it fucking isn't. I'm going to get. I'm going to prove is. this. I'm going to get the proof. White Welly Wednesdays. <laughs> Come on, why guys. would they? Why on, would they actively sauce. encourage putting rubber? Into their sausages. <laughs> it's, why? Because it's why Welly Wednesday. But that means everyone who worked there would tell all their family and friends never eat the sausages. There's white well, wellies in I them. I mean, I mean, if you worked for Richmond Sausages, the, the chances are you do go home and go, no, guys, we we um we'll, 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 we'll leave it for tonight. Like, I also, this... where do you buy white wellies? They're what oh, that is, that's what they're wearing in the catering. In the, the catering, basically. Industry. Basically, what that is, is it's like... Um, Why do they do it on a Wednesday? Because of the W. Oh, yeah, the, they the, haven't thought this through. <laughs> they fucking have. <laughs> oh, come on, everyone. Whose turn is it? Uh, Jill. Uh, I keep using the word Jill for all of my characters. <laughs> like three different Jills. I don't hey, think Jill. you can call them characters. We need you over here in this sketch. What? What am I doing now? I thought I was working at a chip shop in Barton. No, Hang on a minute. Why do they need a klaxon? If it always happens on Wednesday, why don't you just do it at the same time? You don't need the klaxon. Just go. It's 11 o'clock. Matthew, I'm trying to make... For morale, you think that's... 
if I worked there, I'd go, I'd, I'd it's like just, be a whistleblower to the government or to the Daily Mail or someone and just go, there's this thing called White Welly Wednesday. I'm going to film it on my phone. Will you give me, you know, some money? Well, Naturally, yes, I agree. I wouldn't even want the money. I think <laughs> a, a, a little baby might. <laughs> it might be their first sausage. They're eating a bit of rubber. <laughs> a little baby. And his parents, <laughs> parents have gone. Oh, Proudly watching him eat a sausage. He, do you think he's ready for his first sausage? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, go up to McColl's, the news agent. <laughs> oh, he's see, got a chewy you can bit. Find the worst oh, meat you've ever seen, and let's give it to our our lovely That's... pure little baby who, until this moment, has only had mum's breast milk and mashed fruit. Oh, it's about time he had his first Richmond sausage. <laughs> I mean, that must happen up north. Why That's why Wednesday. Where you grew up, I, I imagine, mm. as soon as the nipple is out of a baby's mouth, they put a cigarette and a sausage in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Is yeah. that is that not what happens? Chippy meal in a blender. Now, listen to this, right? Yeah. Talking of the uh, edibility, if that's a word, um, of rubber, I, I used to love, and still do it, and would, still would watch it if I had access to it, how it's made. Yeah. You ever get into that? Um I like those kind of things. Are you talking about a specific show? Yeah, we're not talking about what you like. We're talking about a specific show called How It's Made. Where is this show? Uh, When I had Sky, it was on Discovery or somewhere like that. But I don't even think it was Discovery. But it's just like a quite sort of cheery, chipper voiceover. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it isn't even voiced over. It's just footage from a factory. But not by... the, The version I got into, there's a bloke sort of goes... In each episode, at the beginning, they'll show picture frames, chewing gum, windows, and car tyres, or whatever. And so, one after the other, you watch the factory process from the very beginning to the end. And he sort of talks you through it when it's necessary. It's fucking fascinating. Mainly because... You just described the the main four ingredients of a Richmond sausage. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) On a Wednesday. Well, this is what I'm getting to, right? I watched. I used to. I watched it religiously, and I always felt like fucking hell. That you like, you know, like the putting the chocolate on digestive biscuits, where the way it's so. Oh, I love all that. Correct like little, and so done, the like the right pattern. way, and yeah, yeah. And you watch the mm-hmm. the machines that have been, been like the you know the the engineering involved to get you know, like 500 a minute of these yeah. biscuits through with exactly the same pattern and level of thing. And then they show you the sort of like bloke in a white coat with his micrometer measuring the thickness of the chocolate. And and then if he like, if it's come out wrong, then they don't, they just willy. pull a, yeah, he's got one white willy <laughs> and one. And it, and there's like, they just pull a lever and like, a thousand, 10,000 biscuits have been dumped just because the thickness of the chocolate wasn't yeah. right and all that shit, right? So yeah. there I am loving it. And then one time I watched how they make chewing gum mm. and it only lasted about a minute because all they did was get a massive drum, throw a lump of rubber in, a load of menthol mint oil, churn it all up, heat it up until it was like gooey. Yeah. Go on. This can't be right, but... So it's not some, like, nice, natural, chewy product from a tree or something? No, listen to this, because I just Googled it, right? Because I was like, surely I was high on bastards. drugs. 
Most modern gums are based on a synthetic equivalent, a rubbery material called polyisobutylene that's also used in the manufacture of inner tubes. Polyisobutylene is mixed with plasticizers and materials, all oh, food grade. It's not plastic enough. Yeah. To, well, plasticizers in the, in the scientific sense of plastic, meaning squidgy, and materials, all food grade to make the gum mixture chewable. Oh, that's gross. Is gum plastic or rubber? Yes, there is plastic in gum. Now we are firmly in the age where if you swallow chewing gum, it will wrap itself around your heart and kill you. God, yeah. Do you remember that? And I remember having a very strong image when someone, if you swallow chewing gum, it wraps around your heart and kills you. I remember I could visualise that all round ribs and blood and heart with stringy (laughs) chewing gum. I could really see it. You know me. It's a little into Matthew's evil mind. If you sort of go, what are little girls made of? What is chewing gum made out of, right? Mm. This is another quote. Most of the chewing gum made today is made using gum base, which is which includes a mixture of polymers, plasticizers and resins mixed together with food-grade softeners, preservatives, sweeteners, colours and flavourings. Mm. Now, mm. if you're yum, chewing yum. that fucking shit, then good I luck still to you. feel like uh, with sugar-free gum... I used to have it mm. all the time, like fucking, like every day, at least four pieces, thinking that I was <laughs> helping my dental hygiene. No. Nah. That's a myth. Do you know what chewing gum does? It tricks your body into thinking you're eating, so your stomach acid gets up ready to, like, break down food, but then you'd never swallow. So you're just going, <laughs> and your yeah. body's thinking, yeah, come on, buddy, it. we're ready. We're ready. And then. Well, what's the benefit? You of just. That? There's no benefit. It's bad for you. Is it actually probably without me realizing it at the time? The main benefit was it's almost like an anxiety relief thing, like a sort of stress toy in it. In your mouth. I mean, football managers do it because they're not allowed to smoke anymore, in it. But like, interesting. Basically, you might just you might as well cup your balls, chew fucking paper or something, um, and then spit it through a McDonald's straw. You mate. Do you ever have it? What? Chuds. Chewing gum, no. Fruit. That was good, wasn't it? I used to like, um, what was the mint? Double mint. One, double mint, yeah. But you remember the adverts where <laughs> like someone was putting it in their mouth and it was like bending in a sort of really yeah. nice way as it went in and you just thought, that's what I need, gum. Now, they it, was, it wasn't marketed as a, like, a sort of freshen your breath product, was it? It was just marketed as a lifestyle thing, a bit like smoking or like, you know, like yeah. Fonzie goes. Just having it on you. It's like, yeah. Hey. Yeah, it was, Have a, you got it was gum? an image thing, wasn't it? It was like, hey, I'm yeah. a guy with a toothpick in his mouth, chewing gum, smoking a cigarette at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Three different and things like, going on over here, like James Dean. But it's literally kind of pointless I thought. I think I still believe... people used to say it makes you more alert or something. There is something in like something to it. Well, it's, I'll know. tell you what it is good for. It's good for making it very clear who in the situation and on screen is the person most Nonchalant. likely to be a bullshitter. <laughs> 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 yeah. So there I was, and I've gone over there and I've scolded an edda, and then I've gone out straight afterwards. Waltz into the restaurant, he's gone, you can have a free meal, and I've shagged the bird on the way home, and I? Stands to reason. Well, also, it's... Mickey do Pierce. nonchalance. Do nonchalance with chewing gum. Nonchalance. I mean, normally, it's someone going like, 
uh, excuse me, do you work here? I've had a, a terrible thing. There's, oh, um, God, there's yeah. been fluids spilt in aisle nine. Staring. Just, just staring going, and chewing. Not my job, mate. Dune McKeegan in uh, the swimming pool sketch in yes. today. Were we both yes. thinking the same thing, Matthew? <laughs> and now, Matthew, a change of scene as I attempt... <laughs> as I attempt to make this show feel highbrow by talking about provocative art as if we are the culture show on BBC Two. <laughs> For what I want. What was talk- that bloke's name? That was so. Oh, there's. Oh, wait, because you got him. He's, there was he's... him, and there's Melvin Bragg sometimes. Well, he's he's. South Bank show, right? So, I can't even do that. I don't even know what we're trying oh, to do there. Don't fucking do impressions. <laughs> Think, what are we meant to be talking about? Well, You've I'm, wandered into something else. Well, I'm trying to else. tell you, aren't I? We are wandering into That's something cool. else because the last stuff we were talking about was disgusting. So that's finished and gone. I don't think it was. I well, think forget it because it's funny. This is the new bit. We're talking okay. about provocative art. Not don't do you. voices. You can't. Tell this me is what just to you do. crowbarring in your Northern Irish impression. <laughs> well, which right, frankly so... is reductive. <laughs> There's another guy on the culture show that no, I tell you, he is. I forget his name, but he's got a really slow sort of Northern Yorkshire voice that's almost a bit sort of Geordie. And he just sort of gets people on and he talks about culture like that. I don't know what his name is. Anyway, him, right? We're going to be that, right? Mm-hmm. Then let's talk culture. Uh, two things mm-hmm. I want to talk about in the field of, in the name of provocative art, entertainment, things that are funny, whatever, right? Get on with it. Oh my God, you're fucking ridiculous. The first, as I mentioned to you the other day, is that I found in my little comedy box, I found... Spit the... it out, man! Right, this is you not drinking, right? <laughs> this is you This is you on fucking meat and avocado and nuts, like, a, like some sort of fucking Aww. pelican. Anyway, it's Aww. 20 years since 9-11 gave us all the shock of our lives, but... The Observer magazine, six months after 9-11, uh, did a special, uh, well, The Observer did like a special, right, it's been six months, where are we with this whole thing, this crazy shit, the world has changed, the war on terror, etc. But in the newspaper that day, 17th of March 2002, they included a, t- you know, a full full broadsheet-sized four-page colour spoof pull-out written by Armando Iannucci and Chris Morris. And I found it the other day in my little scrapbook box of comedy shit. And the headline of it, it's basically... I'm going to take a picture of it and put it up with the episode. Big picture of George Bush with his face in when he got told the news in front of a huge colour picture of Tower 2 at the moment when there's a fireball coming out of it. And the the headline is Six Months That Changed a Year. And the little intro to the... Sorry, you can hear the paper here, but there you go. It says, 9-11, the planes strike, as Martin Amis memorably describes them, sleeking in like harsh metal ducklings. Tony Blair publicly drains every drop of blood from his wife to help the injured of New York. 
taking his time, George W. Bush formulates a measured response, which turns out to be the most expensive bollocking ever unleashed against shepherds. But are we starting to forget? Figures show that even as the second tower fell, people were switching off their televisions and complaining that they'd seen it all before. Today, in these pages, we help you make up your own mind about the absolute necessity of fighting the ongoing war that is Operation Improving Bloodbath. And then it's like a four-page spread. I'm not going to read it all out, obviously. I remember it. I remember it at the time, and it was like... It's oh, cleverly it's a bit... done, right? It's really cleverly done. Oh, I just... You have to remember that at the time, it was only one year, say, after Jam, three or four years after Brass Eye, and so we would have been hungry for Chris Morris's take on a massive news event. And so you think about how yeah, much... Yeah, but this is the problem. This yeah. is the problem, right? Go on. The joke doesn't work for me personally, mm-hmm. and I just don't think the joke works, I, because I, I Chris know. Morris was lampooning the news overblowing meaningless stories, right? The whole day-to-day and brass eye was like, is it, hasn't the news gone mad with yeah. all this stuff? Yeah. And even the paedophile special, which yeah. was a few years later, you, you go, well, actually, there was massive, mm. um, you know, uh, what, what would you call well, it? it? I mean, like, like, people, ma- like Savile. Yeah. There was vigilante Well, group. no, there was... No, he was taking the piss out of the way the media were doing it, but oh, actually, right. in time, that joke didn't work because nope. it's like, oh no, there's there's massive grooming gangs, yeah, yeah. there's it, establishment child abuse, there's all this stuff, right? So anyway, but with that nine eleven thing, yeah. it's just his joke was, ha ha ha, isn't the media ridiculous? But then nine eleven was a huge big thing that happened, yeah, right. and that just to me at the time and now, even when you read it, just sounds like. He's he's got you know it's like that sort of naughty schoolboy. Oh, we 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 have to act like this was nothing, and everyone's silly for being worried about it. And and also, it's so clumsy, like having a go at George Bush and the war on terror, and saying about slapping shepherds on the wrist or whatever they say. I just think it's not that funny. Fuck them. And they're and they're two both you know heroes of mine. Fuck them though. Right, I remember that. And I think that that's where um, the comedy world is grasping for an a, for a sort of what's our angle on this thing that's actually fucking massive. Well, it, that's the thing. And, is it? What it proves is that, however, people put po- comedy on a massive pedestal, but it, at the end of the day, it is just people showing off in it. Ugh. You know, like of course, well, a, yes, of course or, or people, like people manage it, to say incisive things sometimes, but this idea that comedi- comedy and comedians. Are the speaking purest, truth to power. The purest route to pat to truth? I just say it's bollocks. It's like loads of narcissistic yeah. fucking people in comedy. Yeah, yeah it's because like well, actually, you know, like yeah, well, yeah. like people, you know, I I like comedy and I, and like we were ju- and I'll I think everything's okay to joke about. Yeah. in the right context right because mm. the fact that you're joking about it shows that you know it's a huge thing that's really but the joke there isn't going you know like fucking people had to decide between burning to death or falling and you know all that shit yeah. right yeah, yeah. and you just think six months later this snarky little public yeah, schoolboy humor that's thing the thing is six months is fuck all that's what when i found this in my comedy yeah. books i was like six months like we're 20 years after now and you still 
obviously there's been people along the way who will have used a 9-11 reference here and there or a terrorism reference or whatever. But six months after it, the other thing that doesn't work is this is actually the Observer. So hmm. they are actually being part of, and obviously Armando Iannucci and Chris Morris, and we're not knocking their their uh, oeuvre at all. They're fucking geniuses. No. But this bit, for me, yeah, you're right, it doesn't really fit because they're sort of going newspapers, eh? But in a newspaper. And, and, and so by doing that, mm. the newspaper itself is going, oh, yeah, like, we totally get how newspapers do this. So here's, like, imagine if this is what our journalism was like. And, yeah, it literally, the piece looks like The Observer. And so within the same edition of the what, newspaper yeah, yeah. was serious stuff with the same graphics, the same typography. It's just so fucking weird. But well, I'm glad a, I kept it. A sort of it. better joke. I don't mind Yeah, that no, it's exists. amazing. I don't mind that it exists. It's a snapshot of the biggest, weirdest thing. It was a moment the world changed. And pre I think the onion does that oh, yeah. so much better. Oh, that sort yes. of mocking, you know, like it's fucking amazing, right? But did the but onion that exist? joke I think it did, yeah, it's been going for years. It was like an actual, yeah, it was like handed out on campuses at first. It was like a sort of student setup, I think. But it was like, before it was an right, like online classic. presence, it was a paper. They know, but like, how to, they know how to say, here's a really important issue. We'll say something disarmingly incisive to the slight left of it. Yeah. I don't mean politically. And I think I mean. what why that doesn't work for me i mean some people this is the thing with chris morris stuff right who you know i love but when you watch stuff back whatever his intention was with some of the stuff mm. some of it is fucking dodgy because it's like you're dismissing child difficult. abuse victims in yes. this yeah oh absolutely i love jam because i because it was so no it, it just knew it what it was it was just this weird late night crazy image what i think chris morris does amazingly is wordplay and imagery and stuff like that yeah. when i think it Mock falls apart film. is Mock like yeah but like the day-to-day was Trumps. talking about an infestation of horses on the underground right yeah, that's yeah. funny because it's not right yeah. it was it, and it mocks the way yeah, it mocks the the sort of hyperbole of news at the time. Yeah. That is about 9-11, six months after it happened, mm. and is just sort of ham-fisted in like... It's not fair game, is it, to say, oh, this has been in the papers every day, hasn't it, guys? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's you know. funny, there's there's great jokes about 9-11. There's funny stuff about it. You could, I think there's humour in everything. But what they're doing there, it's not clear if they're taking the piss out of the papers or they're taking the piss out of... You know, like going, oh, George Bush, you know, which is the I'm weakest, low-hanging fruit. Just to just to play devil's advocate with it, because I'm I just look at it now, and you you cannot conceive of how that actually got the nod and got printed. But mm. apart from that, um, you do you do think you know it just it's just a, it's the be- the best example I've seen is how far our mindset has changed in in a yeah. relatively short of amount of time. <clears throat> and and yet we will constantly have conversations and argue about what you can't say and how people are too sensitive and woke and all the rest of it. And yet then you look at that and you go, you're, it's, it's an interesting thing to add to the conversation is what you're saying is like, like say like you take now, I defended, I really defended the Brass Eye paedophile special at the time. But now I'd look at it and like you say, you sort of go, well, history's taught us that we're nowhere near being on top of that problem. So actually, making out that it was uh, 
not something we should be worried about and that everyone's just going a bit yeah. crazy for no reason now looks like a really weird message but obviously at the time yeah I guess what well, they were the, seeing, the, what, they it, were, what they were seeing is that news was trying to be entertainment and that that, that was a bit odd but, yeah. yeah what yeah, would have been like say you did that show and it was like refugee special and it was about these people are coming on boats they're going to change our culture they're going to do this they're going to do that and it was sort of like i mean it's low-hanging fruit because it's right-wing press isn't it but like mm. that there's that you can take the piss out of that because literally i've read people in daily mail comments go if they let any more fucking refugees into this country i'm leaving and going to another country and you think so you would be a what You'd be a refugee. Like, literally can't think that thought oh, mate, to that, its I've end point, really, right? I've had that conversation, like, with with uh, unspecified family members and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like, you literally but live like, in another fucking country. But, but the th- yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, English people living in Spain, mm. moaning about it on the day. But whatever, the irony is lost. That, but the thing is the left-wing press will be in denial that there's any negatives to having refugees come in. The truth is... There is negatives. There's crime. There's fucking, the, you know, you're basically bringing people from a different culture. In, it's a culture clash. There's all these things. And grown-ups need to get around a table and talk about it and sort it out. But you've got to have humanity. Like, there's people yeah. with fucking kids getting on boats. Like, they're yeah, going to, yeah. you know, risking death. All that shit, right? But, like, that would have been something. But paedophilia and, like, oh, I don't know. I just think at the time... The news, I know, you know, what it did seem like the newspapers were screaming and, you know, there was people setting fire to a paediatrician's car because they were like, he's a pedo, what? You know, that is... So I know that it was like zeitgeisty at the time and all that stuff. And I'm not having, you know, I'm not having a go. I'm just saying I loved all that stuff at the time. When I look at it now, I love the day-to-day still because it's about, you know, it's it's sort of not really... It's absurdism, yeah. And then, so, and like, so when Chris Morris and Armando Anucci step into the arena of doing, wasn't 9 11 like really stupid and funny? And like, like uh, what can we make it, jokes it's about? A well, thing from, yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, it's less absurd and more worthy. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure time, they'd give a better account of what they were going for. Yeah, of course. Because I know there's that quote, isn't there? There's like, on that thing, I remember it, there's a quote from Noam Chomsky saying, they are, no one, you know, if you play the footage backwards, that's two towers building themselves, but no one ever watches the footage that way. I wonder yeah, why, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, exactly, as if, yeah, like, you know. There's a quote like that, yeah, right here, yeah. Yeah, and so oh, Noam Chomsky, go. oh, fucking this dog. Noam Wolfsky over there. I'm letting her out so she can fuck right, I've left go the out again, ready? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm like yeah, yeah. going in a bit heavy on the old Morris, but also no. where's he now? He's not- done. I met him not that long ago at uh, Channel Four because Kay Van Novak uh, is a friend, and he said, "Do you want to come to the screening of Chris Morris's film?" And I was like, "Yes, I fucking do." Because yeah. the time before that, I met him was with Kay Van because it was his birthday, and he brought me along as that. Like, Kay Van brought me as his friend. Mm. And I met him and I was just, you know, like I fucking watched that day to day and brass science and listened to jam, oh, you know, like, religiously, totally. Yeah, it formed everything. It's like the Pink Floyd of comedy, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? It was fucking. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, it was our Monty Python. No one's taking that away. I just mean this one particular. No, and I, but I think. Wow. I he has. Day and was just like, wow. 
Yeah, that's just it's just it's a bit of a misfire, isn't it? But like I I miss his take on things, but then I wonder I don't think his films I didn't I didn't like Four Lions. I just thought what are we laughing at here? And and the sort of I don't think he's a good director, I don't think he's a good storyteller. (laughs) Fucking laughing at you. Laughing at now. I'm bloody laughing. What am I laughing at? I'll put this bloody film on. What am I bloody laughing at this for? I'm just, I'm just, I'm out. Oh, I shouldn't lions. be. But what, but what I thought about that was, is like, okay, we're, they're sort of, I don't know, it was like slapstick moments and we're meant to care. And then there was the the guy whose wife was saying, you know, like it was sort of t- trying to do a bit of serious drama, but whilst at the same time, the Three Stooges sort of slapstick bombs going off and one of them dying and stuff. Well, I just thought, oh, more fuck recent off, mate. one which I haven't even seen or don't even know if it ended up getting made. That's what I went to. Ah, uh, right. That's yeah. where so that was the one that was um, this sort of... He'd the done day this shall deep come. Dive. He'd done this deep dive, hadn't he, into the, all the information about how the reality that the CIA is able to just sort of make things look like a problem, create a problem, and then solve that problem. Yeah. And go, yeah, we got this guy. Yeah. And basically setting up fools, a little bit like leaving a bike outside your house and then catching the thief. Um... Yeah, I don't even know what happened to that, but the fact that we don't all—I mean, this, like you said, it sounds like we're having a big slag off. He's obviously a fucking legend and all the rest of it. And he's and a genius. I think that's genius. why it's. But yeah. it's just interesting to reflect that 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 kind of messaging, maybe it had its moment, and I don't know where that fits in anymore. Not that it matters because he had his he had his hit singles and did all right out of it but yeah it's a strange thing but it always looked like as well he's like i'm not part of the need to to be uh part of the showbiz thing he's not trying to be famous so i'm he was like famously elusive and that made him seem really cool because he wouldn't wouldn't be interviewed or on like wouldn't be on fucking panel shows and shit like that right but now yeah it's strange it is a bit sid barrett in a way it's like he's just sort of like doesn't exist but then you hear the odd thing that he's been working on a thing and your assumption is that it's a serious and long piece of work that that will be very important when it comes out, but it just sort of isn't always the case, is it? I'd still, you know, no, but I don't uh, think he's playing to his own strengths because I think being a director is extremely uh, well. It's very different to what he's done, and like, be, like you know, I know people who direct, and it's mm-hmm. like. They are fucking cinema obsessed, even if they work in telly. They, just, you know, that's what they they think visually. They like all that stuff. I think Armando Anucci directing stuff like he's had some success. I just think Chris Morris is like this, like he. I don't know, like the the like the he stayed a bit word play in a, weird, in a weird way, isn't he? You know. Yeah, but I suppose because that was all sort of not not real. He's just a really nice guy, and he's very he's super intelligent, and he's and he's just not interested in like you said, comedy showing off and stuff. But he's one of the rare people who's not in any way egotistical or anything. I think he's an artist, and I think he's like the things he does is because he's got he wants to do it. But like he's got a message to put out there, but he like to, to sit and research for four to five years or whatever it was, yeah. the CIA and the inner workings of these things. Mm. And then to make a film that's not that, you know, it's called, I didn't think was very good in terms of structure and story and like the way it was put together. And, and, and you know, I know I people who were close to, to it. I'm not going to judge that when I've not even seen it. 
But the fact you haven't even seen it shows that. Well, yeah, we, yeah. You do you know what I mean? Like part of that is just me turning into a grumpy old twat and forgets to catch up with everything. It was exactly right for me. And then when he started doing that, I thought Nathan Barley wasn't very good. Now, I've done shows that are sh- way shitter than Nathan Barley. Do you know what I mean? But like, tell me about it. I'm just saying from Chris Morris and Charlie Brooker's mind. Mm. I don't it's know. an interesting the one, story. It didn't, there was things didn't work. I liked, there was stories. things I liked about Nathan Barley, but it doesn't. Be lo- it just doesn't feel like their stuff. Anyway, that do you know what I guys, would? Uh, that I was might the culture show with Matt Morgan. There. Wait, I haven't finished the culture well, show. I just want to say one last thing. I think there's different skills and narrative. Actually, if you like yeah. you know yeah, it's a very structure story yeah. it's um it's kind of using cheap tricks it's a bit like you know and fucking dialogue. soloing over like i've been doing blues soloing or watching youtube videos mm. and once you work out the boxes and the shapes you go oh right that's that's mm. what they're doing is it they're so going i'm not now, skillful right? at it but when no when you understand it you go Okay, there's a structure to it. The mm. same thing as writing. When you understand, yeah. you know, like when you read Save structure, the Cat or yeah, something. Yeah, so, so I think narrative is uh, you've got to have heart and emotion and understand the, you know, the stop and go of emotion right, to tell a story ear, over half an hour. For conversation. No, and like Charlie Brooker and Chris Morris have both. I mean, I know Charlie Brooker's obviously gone on to do like Black Mirror and stuff, but like mm. for Chris Morris, I just don't think narrative. Narrative is probably, oh God, we need to put a story together to get these ideas across, mm. where it's the ideas that you want from him. Do you know what I mean? Like short form if, if bursts. If suddenly you open the paper tomorrow and it's like Chris Morris has been working on a show that's taken down cancel culture, woke culture, the, the dichotomy of fucking the modern argument in media of woke versus uh, whatever the opposite of woke is, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he decided to skewer that whole thing, and it was done brilliantly. It'd be nice if someone got hold of it, wouldn't it? It'd be better if it was someone new, obviously. It would if it was someone from the left who was going, look, you know, there's... Yeah, it, would be, it has to be someone from the left because the, the right wing version of like we're going to skew a woke culture is just fucking GB news or something. But like, mm. if Chris Morris was like, look, as someone from the left side of things, this is like, there's you know, like we were saying earlier, it's there's no it, there's no consistency. Being twats now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Let's like you know, we're sort of who's who's burning books now and sort of shutting people down and getting people sacked yeah, and also you shutting doors in people's faces. Sides of that. And I think that's what would be funnier because everything's polarised and all the arguing is basically, okay, uh, you know, whatever, it's Newsnight, it's Kirsty Walk, yeah. Scottish one, saying, okay, so today yeah. this has happened. Is that a good thing or does it mean blah, blah, blah? We've got two experts. They've both got four minutes each. No one will decide anything in the end. And you go, well, that was fucking useful, wasn't it? And like, so, so to sort of to skewer the pointlessness of that polarised argument, that would be, yeah, be a fun thing to sort of, uh, I've not, yeah. It's also the other thing is like, Mm. if he was trying to, you know, parody media now, right, Mm. he's too old because, I mean, he's older than us, but we're too old to, like, when we tried to do that fucking, you know. too old, Matthew. No, but like, he'd have to be across. I'm going to lose my fat and my tits and look like I'm 38 again. 
He'd have to be across TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. He'd have to understand Love Island and the structure of all these, you know, like these things that, you know, he's not going to fucking do that because why would he put himself through it to make a statement that actually resonates with anyone under the age of 30? Because otherwise he'd just be someone going, oh, reality TVs, because basically... Every, all the maddest stuff from Brass Eye, we're basically living in a world beyond that. The reality's madder than oh, Brass Eye yeah, stuff mate. now, isn't it? Well beyond, mate. Well beyond. Anyway, this has gone too serious. If you want to no, talk about comedy, okay. I'll get no, serious. No, no. You, you, you want to talk about comedy, it won't be very there. funny. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there because this is my show and you are out of control. Uh, we, we, I've just realised that I ended the culture show section, but in fact, I wanted to talk about another provocative piece that I saw from another era in Just Ireland. say it in an English Just accent. let me enjoy myself, Matthew. Matthew. No. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my little pants. <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. No, listen, last night, right, so I'm basically looking all over fucking Netflix, Amazon, there's plenty of stuff I could watch. Put a couple of films on and yeah. went bollocks, turned it off. And I didn't know what it, when I'm in mm. that mood, I know that the only place to go is into... Porn. Yeah, is into a sort of more kind of like almost like not know what something is, but find something offbeat like world cinema or BFI or just something where I go, what the fuck's that? Not heard of that. Don't know what it is. Looks a bit worrying. And also, oh look, it looks like he's got sex in it. Play, put that on, and then just watch some weird fucking European shit or whatever. Right. So I suddenly see this film on the BFI section of like Amazon. And the film, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I wouldn't be surprised if you did. It's called Salon Kitty. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. Have you now? Naughty. It's it the does fucking sound maddest, maddest. I mean, I guess it was like back in, like, so I think it's made in 70, either 74, 76. And it's like a film like an erotic auteur has made this mad film. And when you think like, Somewhere in between the experimental, open-minded, post-sexual resolution, revolution vibe of things like Ken Russell films, where it all gets a bit weird, but also like mad imagery, but also at the same time there was, uh, you know, there was loads of films that basically were based around some pervy director having loads of sex and nudity on screen, but they were also usually intellectuals and trying to make some sort of intellectual point and all that. There's loads of 70s cinema that's like that. This film... Yeah. And actually, the idea for the film is really fucking interesting. You could actually redo, you could remake a film about this subject and do a really fucking interesting film. And bits of it were... It, like, there was enough of it. It's too long. It's about two, nearly two, two hours, 20 minutes. And, hey, who can hold it in for that long, right? Um, but basically, mm. what this film's about is um, the Nazis uh, procured a load... They basically tried... They did a, a, a search or, 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 what's the word, like, interviewed, if you like, prostitutes until they found... Interrogated. The until... No, and no, they didn't interrogate them. They, they basically tried to build, like, a, a pretend brothel or they, they filled mm -hmm. a really famous, expensive brothel with specially trained prostitutes who were actually spies 
this actually happened in the Second World War. Yeah. And then they got information from people who were coming in, and then that was passed on, and it helped make decisions about where the war was going, who was loyal, all that sort of shit, right? Now, that's you could make yeah. kind of quite a standard uh, wartime, interesting film with, like, fucking a load of well-known people in it, like George Clooney playing a fucking Nazi general or whatever. But this was, like... No one in it ended up like well known, but it, it looked like fairly it's pretty high budget. But the thing about the film is oh yeah, the other reference I was reaching for was oh what's the fucking one? Like, you know, the the, the famous Tim Curry transsexual fucking musical brilliant Rocky Horror Show, right? <laughs> Rocky, Horror, Rocky Show. Horror Show. So what it was like, it was like it was almost like Inglorious Bastards mixed with Rocky Horror Show and some weird Lars von Trier film that's all a bit brutal and the imagery i've never in terms of things that were on screen where i just wanted to go fuck me i need to like press pause take a picture of that send it to matthew and just go look how mad this is that like in the same way that we're saying that newspaper pull out or that moment from brass eye or jam like whoa who decided that was sort of consumable the stuff in it yeah the stuff in it in the first 20 minutes where the, it basically it's like the montage of trying to find out which prostitutes will make good spies. But instead of that just being like vignettes of someone sort of like mm. going, oh dear, this one wants to spank me with a leather paddle. It was literally like a real naked sort of like men, uh, physically disabled little person, right? like literally and you can see their dick and everything like literally stark naked and the actress is basically like a beautiful young sort of german actress just playing the part of someone having sex with them but it's like really pretty graphic but also shot very artistically and you know like the story was very was this clear. when you was this when you were on your bed naked with the laptop <laughs> no this was last night when i was in bed you know um, there may have been. I had Did you have a wank over salon? I had my kitten. leather. I had my German leather laid out, <laughs> pajamas on. <laughs> and my did little, you? But all of the images. Did you the masturbate? Did you uh, masturbate no, over salon kitty? Of course you most, fucking did. It, what to to Nazi disabled porn? No, I didn't. It was really fucking weird, mate. And I thought I think that ticks a lot of your it. boxes. <laughs> I'm gonna. Most, I'm, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm gonna look on YouTube at it. And then you look on YouTube, it. and it'll be like um, one one view, <laughs> and it'll be like uh, one can I look view. at the, uh, the op- optics of who uh, one person has viewed this video, and it's oh, it's oh, it's Nico Tatarovic from Dirty Little. Ben and he only ever Ben-Ditch. watches it for four and a bit minutes. <laughs> And then he switches it off and he's looks at the news. It. And he's then three it. hours later, he's back. He's been watching it incrementally for 30 seconds at a time for the last two and a half years. <laughs> he's crawling his grubby way to the end. I mean it, though. But it's the sort of thing that I would... For people that I know were like... I say I was going to say get off on, and that's the wrong phrase. But, but like the weird fucking thrill of seeing something that got made that is just mind-blowingly fucking weird and inappropriate and fucked up. I'd love to watch that. I'm just looking at pictures. Oh, there's a Mark Commode. Yeah, I know you would. Um, 
Oh. I feel like I might have watched this. I'm just looking at pictures of it. What I'm liking about it, it is very much having this sort of camp German Nazi leather wearing. You know, I mean, all the char- like the characters in mm, it. Yeah. Visually, the costumes, the attitudes. Like it, half of it was like almost like a really twisted, pervy version of like Bugsy Malone. Like it just, I just could not get my head around what I was watching. And was there, there an Aloe Aloe vibe? Uh. In a way, I mean, the, the, I guess the thing I'm saying is, where did that where did that sensibility come from? Of like, oh hello, I am I am a hair hair director. I'm here to make sure that everything is done uh, just as we like. And I just write, as we like. Yeah, you know, like the sort of um, League of Gentlemen character, hair lip and stuff like that. And you just think, oh fuck, it must have all. I don't be the believe first thing that that was like that made like not the Nazi oeuvre into a camp erotic thing. It's just, it's actually sort of brilliant, yeah. but it's, it's actually not that great a film. But as a, as a snapshot of shit that got, what once got made, can you even believe this happened? Like, I was just blown but away. But did you, like, I think a good uh, standard if it was a good film or not was, did you carry on watching it after you'd had a wank? <laughs> after I woke up again. Did I rewind it back after, after I... After you'd masturbated over the first no, 20 minutes. Not just lower the tone. Then I reckon you had another wank halfway through, and then you thought, then you got to the point where you're going. Actually, this is sort of cultural what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of watching an little... old movie. Hey, look what my hand's doing. It's being, it's being a little cult. I'm having a little cultural fiddle. I, I feel cleverer than I felt all week. I've got a couple of screen grabs here, <laughs> not of anything. There were things I could have taken pictures of that you would have gone, uh, God, what the fuck are you watching, you pervert? So, but I've taken a couple of little snapshots, which I've just sent through to you on WhatsApp. And so I'm the guy with his... Oh, I mean, I Google imaged it. Well, I've just sent you some... Don't don't compete with my photographs. No, it's sorry. Quite, I mean, I actually quite, were talking. What it, it was just very sort of... What it, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. I, remember, I was watching it thinking, oh, this is where fucking Madonna got it all from, isn't it? So like obviously she couldn't right, well, yeah. she couldn't stomp about with a swastika on because it wouldn't have been acceptable and that wasn't the context Bowie of as what well. she was doing. And Bowie, but he must have seen this as well. And if you look at that third picture, there's one where there's like mm. the the thing the thing that was weird about it is it obviously it was very gratuitous. And there's bits where there's a bit here where there's a woman being brought out. She's wearing like stockings and suspenders that have got swastikas on them. And she's been brought out of a room. I think they've, I think she's taken cyanide by accident or something. And they bring her out on a stretcher. But in that scene, which goes on for a few minutes, everyone's coming out of their bedrooms to see what's going on and are all a bit freaked out. But there's basically, it's not just like gratuitous female nudity. There's basically dangly men's knobs and massive triangle bushes everywhere all the way through this film and mate your dick oh, must have been God, crawling back inside your body halfway through this film i reckon it's, it's covered it's coming up again and if my, <laughs> if my will i reckon too hard now my voice will change and then i'll get my high you my got high sores on again. it oh no all right and you've got corn plasters all over your penis because <laughs> you've Don't, got blisters from well, wanking i'm not doing a penisy show i'm just saying if you've never heard of Salon Kitty, and you think you can stomach a film that has got crazy imagery in it that is really shocking because they use real naked 
people aren't strange, as weak and injured. S- no, but it is it, scaredy it, cats it's, like it's a, you. What, what I put it in the same bracket as that. Uh, whatever the old film was called, the freaks with all with all the uh, circus type people. It's Todd that, Browning freaks. Freaks. It's it's that level of mad. Don't blame me. Don't don't yeah. stick it. Don't go. Oh, lovely. We'll put that on on Christmas Day. That's a lovely recommendation. Uh, and then and then come back on come back on the feed going. I'd like to complain about. <laughs> I'd like to <laughs> complain about Nico Tatarovich's, um promotion of a film that I sat down and watched with my family along with the Labrador and I was disgusted to see that uh, there was a headless dwarf with a Nazi uniform being bummed by by a donkey don't blame me okay well what you need what you should watch if you found that um, in any way, sort of like it made your little say it made glasses go steam up. <laughs> no, it shocked you. I mean, it shocked you. Have you ever seen Salo or Salo? No, Have you ever seen Salo? Salo? Uh, the 120 Days of Solemn, the Pasolini um, oh, right. film. Solemn, that it sounds Solemn. like a no S A L O with an accent on the O. I'm not sure how you say it. Right. It's 120 Days of Sodom. Not like, oh, Sodom. Oh. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, uh, confessions of a sodomist. Oh, sod this. I'm off up the bleeding. No, it, it, well, it's... Can't even get my willy is, yeah, in this not, little bum. Oh. What? This is the... Uh, I just Googled it. A group of fascists round up nine... Let me speak. A group of fascists round up nine adolescent boys and girls and subject them to 120 days of physical, mental, and sexual torture. Oh, Christ, that's a film. No, Music I by Ennio Morricone. No. Oh, what? Are you joking? Mate, it's a I mad film. I used to watch. Score a film about. Oh. Yeah, I, I used to watch. In that, like, have you ever seen Holy Mountain, Jodorowsky film? Noel Gallagher song. Keep going. I used to. No, years before Noel got his hands on the title. I mean, Jodorowsky didn't invite no. the invent the title. I've got like I used to like that's why I love a Razorhead and like fucking weird cinema. But yeah. I haven't watched that stuff for years because I just got over it. But I went through a good period of watching really weird things all the time, and just that was yeah, all I watched. I get bored of just what's out there. And Stalker. Have you ever seen Stalker? Tarkovsky film. No, I'm not. No. No, and that, Tarkovsky, Jodorowsky, yeah, yeah. Lynch, all that shit. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's good to remind yourself of that stuff, not least because it helps give you a broader context to all this shit that we argue about, and all, and just the the job in hand. You know, like when you're creative, the job in hand isn't just to sort of have, look what's just directly in front of you and go, how do I get one of them? And mm. how do we make that? Like, it's just so narrow now what what gets made and why. I mean, there's still some good shit around, but I do feel like we're in a very boring period of art, if you like, in in generally, like, the period we are in for, this, for the same reasons as when we we talk about what's acceptable, what what offends people, all of that stuff. The period we are in is undoubtedly fucking boring because it isn't crazy. You know, obviously crazy periods, by their nature, are going to throw up more things that surprise you. I mean, of course you can then, you can be worthy in this era and think of brilliant ways of telling stories that think, oh, well, that story's been ignored too long. 
that was really emotional watching the way that I now understand. And I'd learned something from, re- you know, say like watching like my mate May Martin's sitcom Feel Good, uh, which, which you know, she's really shared her journey of, of not really feeling where it, that she knows where she fits in terms of gender and stuff like that. And I might feel like a bit of an old fuddy-duddy and not really know much about that issue for younger people in you know like now then i'll watch that and be like all mm. oh, right this is really good because it's it's sort of um just fucking putting it on a human everyday level and oh it's really good because you, you just realize that all these issues just basically about normal people trying to muddle through uh but that that kind of work's been made at the moment and it's been made really well but i do think it's a bit odd that at the moment that whole other wing of art where things can be provocative and a bit you know it's like the the amount of references that are in play shrink when everything's just trying to tread a fucking tightrope and yeah it blew my mind watching that last night and it's just made me think at least twice a a month i need to watch some crazy shit that's old and throws me and makes me feel well the way things could go is like things like that just get for want of a better term, cancelled, but then they get like deleted, and then basically because everything's streaming die, and access, it'll just go. No, it'll, people will, yeah, but like I mean, in the in the sense that it'll go underground, like you can't get hold of it. It just becomes yeah. something that most people are never going to see. Yeah. Have you ever watched? Uh, I'm just trying to think of things that if you thought that was shocking, like, and I don't like this film, but Irreversible, the Gaspar Noé film, no. no. Oh, mate, I could make you a list of films that would bend your bones. Well, the thing is, like I said, look, there was... Most of the things that I liked about the film last night, some of it was boobs and bums and big hairy triangles. But but the thing that really kept me watching was being transfixed by the performance of a Nazi general as a sort of camp... It wasn't like... it, It wasn't even camp gay. He was just... It was just a hilarious, camp, pervy, you know, like character, and so all of the and all of the characters around it were all like really odd in ways that you've forgotten how characters used to. There'd be like yeah, but ha- actually, there's a play on in London at the moment with um, Adrian Ebenson in it as oh, yeah. a camp Nazi. Oh really? Called Grandmother. I was reading about it. I think um, who was telling me about it? It was Ollie. Um, when was he? I th- I'm sure it was Ollie who was talking about it. Um, Maltman was telling me because he was a guest on the podcast. He might have been on the podcast, might be not. But um, was it him? Someone was telling me they went to saw a play, mm. and oh no, it wasn't him. It was someone else. But anyway, uh, I, I think it's still on in London. But it was like Google it. Adrian Emerson on. It's, I think it's like a three-hour play, and it's on at the moment. And he plays a Nazi who someone's buried up to their neck in sand and he's torturing them and his name's Grandmother or something mad. Well, that, that's, that sounds promisingly odd. But that's the thing now. When someone, thing you, when but you someone wouldn't describes... be able to wank at that. You'd have to put your coat <laughs> well, over your lap. You're not allowed to... Let's not make this all about Nana playing playing uh, her little... Oh, don't. You've confused yourself there because you've said <laughs> Nana and then thought she can't have a penis and I was I was actually cupping one of my breasts while I said that um, anyway well, so that's, two that now. concludes the culture section of the show can I do a new section 
Uh, well, we're not going to go for much longer. I know it's... All right, but can I say something this, about Prince right, Andrew? Well, I... The fucking royal family is including Prince Harry. I don't care what he's been through and what, where he's ended up. He can't go around the world preaching about this and that without sort of going... I know the lineage and the history and the privilege I've come from. You know, you can't fucking talk about anything. I don't care if he's been in the army and his mum died and stuff like that. That is like life experiences that he's been through. But he's from the royal fucking family who own so much land in this country and Mm. palaces and the queens on our money and our stamps and it's mad right the whole thing is insane we're not fucking bees with a queen but anyway prince andrew getting accused of this stuff which i you know if frankly it looks like he's going to struggle to deny as we saw on tv but like normally this (laughs) (laughs) was great Oh, thank God. I I believe that he's never sweated. I was sitting there going, oh, well, that's that cleared up then. Yeah. Glad to hear. He's dealt with that, hasn't he? Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that all you were doing was putting your oily, slimy hands around a 17-year-old girl's waist at your friend's house where everyone else was middle-aged. Thank God. Yeah, but but like... Where are you going with this? I mean... What's your Prince Andrew truth bomb? My thing about this is it's interesting because to see them under this pressure because, like, basically, he either... They make it go away because I think what will happen is they'll collude together. No, but what they'll do is they'll collude together and the case will fall apart and blah, 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 and it will all just sort of drag on and then sort of, you know, they'll say, well, hang on, this this evidence isn't submissible because of this reason, blah, blah, blah. And then the Queen, the, the queen will have to find a way of n- not ignoring it in her Christmas speech, but it'll be like, after a testing year for the nonces in my family. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's so fucking awkward. I just say, you know... No, but I just think with, this is the thing with, like, fucking with... This is the good thing about wokeness so like and Prince Andrew, the... That's where this is going. No, let me speak. Woke, the the wokeness woke and the change. Well, you can't even listen. All the the <laughs> changes in the media and the changes in the cultural landscape, which we're talking about, right? Yeah. But they they will make this something that just can't be swept under the carpet well, like yeah, in over. the past, yeah. because you go. No, hang on a minute. He yeah. did these things and he hasn't gone to court to defend himself because powerful. he refuses to go to... Yeah. yeah, so then it could break the royal family because once the royal family, who now look... I know there was that, you know, the sort of... I mean, the way they've treated Meghan, I think the way our British press have treated her and just yeah. go in, the Daily Mail just it's go in on her for wearing a coat and stuff. It's oh, fucking it's like, fucking fuck off. Fucking... And, and I don't think that's particularly like, about... I'm team Meghan. I'm Team Megan. No, I just think I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you, Barbara. But I'm Team Megan. No, I don't think she's. I don't care really. But I, yeah. I don't. I doubt she's like an angel. I think she's probably a bit of a fucking. Yeah, but it's still you know, social climber, being, and she's, isn't it? It's getting a whole yeah, it's country just wrong. A person and fucking Piers yeah. Morgan, who basically. Oh God. Who basically just seems got, like a shunned friend. Yeah, he got turned down, didn't he? She basically didn't fancy him and. 
there's there was a famous clip that went round of him just cringily saying, "Yeah, well, anyway." So I turned up, and then there was another guy there, and I was a bit like, "Oh, I thought we were on a date." And she was like, "Oh, sorry, mate, but this is the guy," and it's like, "Yeah, so uh, yeah, that hurt." So anyway. Yeah, I think I'll just ruin a life in public for the next 20 years because I'm yeah. a big, oily, fucking spunk machine. No, well, my point is basically saying that um, it's interesting because the machinery that are now, is now set up, right, where before that would get swept under the carpet and they'd use sort of like, you know, I don't know, like... Um, well, exactly, but that's how fucking Epstein got away with it, isn't it? Oh, this is fun. Yeah, but but I think with the royal family, it's different because like normally it'd be like patriotic. Oh, you're being unpatriotic. He's done nothing yeah. wrong. This is bullshit. They would have they would have made like they would have completely said, oh, this she's a gold digger. They would have f- come up with loads of fake stuff or even real stuff. Just dug up loads but of dirt right. on her, and they would have crushed it. They would have got rid of it, right? It would. Have, these things have happened in the past, and basically didn't even get in the press because oh, yeah. the press was so patriotic and loyal. Are it was like down, baby. The structures are coming down, and this is something where he might be a sacrificial lamb from the royal family where they go, sorry, but like for us, you'll pull the monarchy apart because in 10 years, uh, if this doesn't go the way that, you know, the the sort of woke, I hate using that word, but that's what I mean, is like the new sort of readjusted world, that that can't, the royal family cannot continue in a world where Prince Andrew never had to face up to this thing and never went on trial or anything like that. So I cannot see a a member of the royal family, the Queen's son, going to America and potentially going to prison. I can't see it being allowed to happen by, you know, the the power structures on either side. It's It's just something that normally... It's 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 fucking interesting. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's catch-22, because if that isn't what happens and we all decided collectively, apart from me, who thought he gave a very good account of himself. (laughs) (laughs) Because you you also can't swear. If he doesn't get done for it, that whole thing where we're used to the the powers that be on the news and documentaries and afterwards sort of trying to make us understand why, oh yeah, these are the rules that apply in this part of society and that's the rules that apply. Like, yeah, the, the the very fact that even Epstein got called in when he was he felt so untouchable and that's who someone like prince andrew hangs around with and then you know he did end up getting put in prison he's like one step removed from that man and then he fucking ends up dying in fucking prison in odd circumstances mm. imagine oh the queen must be fucking sp- that's the way my mum would look at it oh she must be bloody spitting feathers well no but the thing is in this new world what she should do is go if he's broken the law and he although he's my son then he has to face justice because you know she's the fucking like our whole crown courts and all that she's the head of justice you know she's the you know like she's the figurehead of our court system and all that stuff it's like if he's done that i know but but this is the thing I hope people don't just move on with it and just go, oh, yeah, because it seems like they no, get it's, a pass. It's, it's like not even started yet. That story is now an unflushable turd. Yeah, but then life. he's quite a... Um, that Basically, he's got... It's not Prince Charles, it's Prince Andrew. He's very sort of throw under the bus. I wonder if they will... He knows he's properly, like, sort of well, there's dead always been white, an isn't he? They've, look, let's... You know, obviously we can't make any uh, 
guesses at other shit that's ever that may have ever gone on in the history of that family. But what we do know is that Jimmy Savile went round for Christmas all the time and things like that. Yeah. And we don't. We we haven't got a fucking clue what. I mean, they're just a family like you know, not they're not like a family like anyone else. But it is like a, a sequence of individuals who all have their own lives and will have had odd. There must have been the odd bad apple or shithead along the way. Not you know. Just because one of them had... Did I tell you... Couldn't do his speech, uh, uh, and then he learned to do his speech. Oh, bless them, they're human beings. I know. Yeah, but they are human beings. I've never beings. been a fan, but, but human then... beings are also fucking themselves uh, prone to being fucking evil, or some of them might have been in abused the, the, the fact abuse that... cycles, and, and it's all just a In bit the past, of the fun. royal family... It's just a bit of fun. The... But they were told, you know, like kings and stuff were meant to be like direct descendants of God. They had different colour blood. They were like, you know, like it was all this bullshit. Yeah. Basically, they were just gangsters who grabbed a load of land and money and wealth and hung on to it, doing whatever they could. Like, you know, like history becomes really like, oh, it's great fucking that king sent his army over there and they did that and he stabbed him in the back and all this stuff. But like... It's basically gangsters shit, isn't it? It's just like that's not like yeah, all I mean, these spiritually the world, divine people. In history of you know, even just the fact that there's countries and you look at a map and there's lines around it and flags and whatever, like it's all just fucking violence and grabbing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like so but then murder what happens and, is a myth and gets built. And fucking wealth they create a myth and they these costumes and crowns and ceremonies and purple gowns and people getting tearful who are broke you know and waving at someone who lives in a yeah, palace and has got loads of palaces mad, i just think that, that is insane when you go but back. i i i think i don't think like i think the royal family can be a royal family because they're a, they're an interesting thing but like they should like i've got this book it's called Matthew and what Morgan's do you do? Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm no. just trying to get some jokes back. You're trying to make it funny, well, but I'm actually just trying to be serious go, because you, I've lost my sense of humour. You're one of your keto hunger pangs and you've gone dull again. <laughs> but listen, no, I think this no, is interesting. Shit, man. There's it a book. Shit, but... Well, shut up then. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is what people want though, isn't it? You're basically Ernie Wise going, anymore. oh, this is very interesting. I don't know how much um, longer I can carry on. Oh, really, he says, after not shutting up for three hours. <laughs> Go on. No, but I'm actually at a point where I just thought, you know, like, I just think there's so much bullshit and so much stuff mm. happening where you just think, fuck off. Like, yeah. I'm not fucking, you know, like, I'm one of these people who just sort of, you know, you just think, I could just snap one day or like oh, the God. things that people are getting heated about in this, in, you know, like people, uh, f- but literally fucking protesting about vaccines oh, that have now been proven to be not, you know, like not like 100% perfect, but mm. pretty fucking, pretty much doing, the job. you know, they've changed the game. And then those same people aren't, they're not protesting about fucking, you know, a million other things that are yeah. actually worth protesting. Yeah. And anyway, this book's called And What Do You Do? And it's like, and what do you do? You know, the what traditional you Have you come greeting far? of the Queen. Have you come yeah. far? What do you do? What do you do? Tunes what out do you do? How very fucking interesting. Uh, right, so it's called What Do You Do? by Norman Baker. 
And shall I read the back? Yes, please. Well, here's a, a quote from Christopher Hope. I haven't read this, by the way. <clears throat> Christopher Hope from the Daily Telegraph says thus. What do you do is a clear-eyed assessment of our royal family looking at strengths, weaknesses and eccentricities. Part of Norman, Parts of Norman Baker's well-researched book will make for uncomfortable reading for some die-hard royal fans, but it should become an important text for anyone who cares about our monarchy. Blah, blah, blah. He's from the Telegraph, so he's on their side. But it basically goes into how they are funded, how they, you know, like where their money is, where their money's hidden, offshore money, tax fiddles, all that shit, and how much lands they own of this country and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like when they, you know, when the Queen in her speech talks about, like, austerity and, you know, like, fuck it, it blows my mind that there's, like, literally millions of acres of land which do they just own and it's just sat there. Do you know what I mean? And it's like we're all squashed into cities and they've got these fucking palaces with staff that are just sat there empty for the day that they come. I'm sitting here with a washing machine next to my telly and they have literally, they own just fucking rolling fields where all there is is like heather and midges. What are you doing with it? Yeah. Could go camping there. But like, no, I and actually personally, whenever I see the Queen on like in an interview or anything, I just think, no, she's she's all right, and she's no, I I think like I feel sorry for them all in a way because they're Mm. they're born into this thing that where they can't. I mean, they you know look at Harry, he sort of tried to pull away from it and stuff, but he's I don't know that that just that situation just looks mental because it's like we want privacy, but we've done a Netflix deal and now we're doing so they don't really help themselves out, but like I think. This Prince Andrew thing, because it's come at a time where normally that would be swept under the carpet, she'd be discredited and it would all just carry on and he's off hunting, ha, ha, ha. And that can't happen at the moment because the world's changed. The Queen then, if it just all goes away, it's like, I mean, how old is she? 96 or something? So she's not around for long. Prince Charles, Prince William, Kate Middleton's their fucking ace in the hole. Yep. I know. I just, I don't know. I, I actually think it's very interesting, but I think Andrew is the touch paper that's there to be lit for the downfall of the monarchy. I think you're right. I, I think, think the it combination will. of Harry leaving and being in America and it being like a showbiz product now, along on one side and then old fucking dry glands on the other. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to come back from that. Especially because we don't live in a but don't you think like Harry deferential society anymore? Let me say this: if you're Prince Harry, if you're Prince Harry, and a god, and I'm not. I mean, if you were, it'd be wonderful. But like, he, I know I said this a bit earlier, but like, he's basically, you know, like sort of. I don't. I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I think that you know, like preachy, sort of like talking about the environment, like his dad, but also talking about like you know, mental racism health. and stuff like that. He yep. and mental health and stuff like that, right? It blows my mind that he can't, in those speeches, say, you know, like, it must be in his head to say that I come from unimaginable privilege. I've never, ever suffered, you know, like, yes, my mum died. Yeah. Yes, I was in Afghanistan, all that stuff. Right. But, like, he, he has had, a, you know, like, people talk about privilege. 
like that unimagined like we couldn't even imagine the difference of the upbringing and the yeah. sort of you know protection he's had around him but also the palaces and stuff he grew up in and the wealth that he's enjoyed mm -hmm. has come through human misery right around the world mm -hmm. and so just because he's married megan who is mixed race mm -hmm. it's like that doesn't then delete he's a normal bloke. everything else yeah it doesn't yeah, I mean, mean like honest, oh yeah everyone's like oh yeah harry's cool he man because to, he's he done that it's like constantly publicly denounce the entire idea of being royal but obviously it's like that's literally his background his family in a way it's all he knows and so yeah you know i mean yeah but it's a complex but like complex thing but they i just I, the way i feel well, they, about they the whole can thing, never they, no wait the way i feel about the whole thing is though all of them get listened to too much like who gives a fuck what any of them think i don't have a problem with any of them and i yeah. feel sorry for them at the same time as thinking it's bullshit and get rid of them all and all that but i'm not angry saying behead them and all that but the fascination the world has got with these people is just fucking completely baffling to me they're about as yeah. interesting as like i like turn the tv over and like on one channel it's crown green bowls and then on another channel it's the royal family and then it and then it's like a quiz show i'll watch the quiz show because i put the royal family and crown green bowls in the same boring fucking packet of shit yeah it's so boring but like the the i don't know i just think like they normally they've survived on myth right it's, it's a myth isn't it it's part of like a patriotism and also like Lines this but like and all that shit. yeah but like now it's there's too really, much like dress, isn't it like what the bit of it that still remains that I th when I'm in London, you go anywhere near Buckingham Palace, or you see like the Horse Guards or whatever, and you would get a little jingle yeah. of remembering being a kid, thinking that soldiers were kind of majestic and cool, and like, and it's and you'd sort of go, well, thank fuck, this is here because this is what brings tourists in, and means that anyone still gives a shit about our country. So maybe we do have to keep this ruse going because it's something. No, to but set like, that's us apart, the thing. Yeah, you could have the royal family and all the palaces, and, and I, you know, I think the army's. I'm not anti-army, and I'm not, yeah. well, you know, like got anything. And, and apparently, it's a bit of a myth that it brings tourism in. But like, okay. you could have the palaces, and that family could, you know, be the royal family and stuff. Without like, basically, enterprise. they fucking take millions and millions and millions of pounds, billions, and they've so got. Be properly angry. Yeah. You'll be properly angry because I flicked through it and got quite the temper. <laughs> got a right little arse on. What's but like, you know, like the Swedish royal family or like... Oh, 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 I'm the, not ready to go there's, up. There's, there's royal families who have just like basically, you know, got parked as sort of like relics and then they sort of bumble along and they're just like any other lords and ladies and like aristocracy, right? Yeah. But in this country... They've still got... I, I like Prince Charles. I think he's all right. He's fucking he's cares about the environment. Right. And he's a big-eared <laughs> fucking big sausage-fingered cunt. Sausage-fingered. Wife-killing fucking jug-eared <laughs> bastard. You want to see Harry Enfield playing him in The Windsors, which I went to see in the theatre in London last week or two weeks ago. Our mate George... Uh, Burton George, who wrote uh, Star Stories... And the Windsors on telly have uh, they George um, very sadly passed away last year, 
but they'd already managed to do the deal of getting the Windsors turned into a West End show and they'd written the show um, which now Bert obviously has sort of like taken that on without his mate and it opened a few weeks back and we as a uh, all the spitting image writers and people we all sort of got tickets and went to support him and had a nice night out and went to watch it and I was laughing my fucking head off I mean it's very like gaggy you know pretty uh, mm, almost yeah. like tabloidy like like same as what star stories was very funny but not trying to be sophisticated just bang straight in like pantomime gags and the way they deal with prince andrew in that is fucking hilarious and Be- beatrice and eugenie because it's like he's got his teenage daughters and it seems like they believe him but wh- whenever they're there <laughs> they the, the, like the way they played it is so fucking funny um where they're going, look, look, Dad, um, a letter's come saying that you, you can now go to America to clear your name. And he's like, yes, I could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just did a really good job of, like, without it even being like, there's no anger in the script, whatever. The whole thing is just like a, a fucking really light camp send-up of the royals being sort of dimwits. Very funny. Pri- uh, Harry Enfield's Prince Charles. Um, what's the lady called in Friday Night Dinner? Double barrel name lady. She's really, really. Oh, funny. I can't remember. She's Camilla. Um, Tracy Ann Oberman. Yeah. Tracy Ann Oberman is Camilla. Uh, it's like I said. It's very. Pantor, Do you know what though? Fucking funny. But they didn't pull any punches. It was really much naughtier than anything we're allowed to write on image, right? And it was in yeah. the Prince of Wales Theatre. So there is some hope yet <laughs> that we're allowed to say whatever we want. What a lovely little segue after talking about the culture like I did earlier in the show. Well, actually, to loop back even more, Chris Morris described Have I Got News For You. It was like, that's not satire. It's basically, you know, the the politicians and everyone sort of being able to laugh at themselves. You know when Boris Johnson be on it and he'd done something illegal, like whenever he sent a journalist around or whatever he'd done. You remember that thing? Yeah. And it's all just like a very cosy... It's not like, fucking hell, they're tearing strips out of politicians and exposing them for what they are. It's like every now and again a politician will go on there and it's all like, ho, 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 jokes, you know. Mm. And he was saying how that's not satire, that's just sort of... They're just, you know, almost... Yeah almost sanitizing it, to, it yeah, and you know using it for their ad, to their advantage that's what boris did yeah it? it's like, like oh we can all laugh at each other, ourselves and ha 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 and so you know like yes that sounds good what you're talking about and i'm glad you know like they've gone a bit heavy on them i'm not i don't know what i feel i just sort of feel like i'm i'm like hang on a minute we're tearing down all these things and we're attacking everyone and like it's you know it's the, a time where there's culture wars going on and things are uh, you know, getting moved around and rearranged, some mm-hmm. mostly for the better. Mm-hmm. But there's still this mad things going on where they're tearing down statues, but the Queen herself, who is literally sometimes dressed up in fucking jewels that were, you know, diamonds stolen from India or whatever, yeah, yeah. and the British, you know, and then and that, and she's still rolling around in a Paris yeah. palace, and, and no we're still looking shit. at every time we, I know, and it's like, well, that's it. hang on a minute, that's my whole problem. Talking with- about. All the moaning that I do about culture war, not just about culture wars, but just the social media fucking madness and everyone being so full of themselves, the individualistic I'm right culture. 
that everyone's been so certain about what they think, but no one's really thought anything else through. It's fuck. People are just fucking hypocrites. Listen. I don't no, listen. I, I want you to listen to my. But I've no. got to say sorry. Have you? What yeah. about? Uh, for not being very funny on your podcast because I've <laughs> I'm in a serious mood. That's Sometimes I am. There's plenty of funny. So- Matthew, you've nothing to apologise for. You may have lost your GSOH, but you're still my lovely little playmate. Thank you. You're welcome. Come again. I didn't know if I was meant to speak then, or if that was the end of the show. I'm leaving all this in. I can't fake. I can't just... I'm not an entertainment person who just goes, right, I'm thinking about really serious things in the world, and now I've got to be funny for an hour. Can we talk? No. I'm Matt Morgan. I've just been reading a book about the royal family, but I haven't got any jokes about it because my stomach's so small now that I've just turned into a boring prick. (laughs) 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 No, you'll be fine, mate. We we had a good chat, and that's the thing. There's no pressure on this podcast. There there are... are, To have a good sense of humour. Well, you know, I mean, I can be the one with a good sense of humour this week. No, it's yeah. You, you no, did a noble, people noble love a job of that. Good, a good discussion, not a fucking problem. Yeah, I love it. I was going to say I'll come over and have a beer, but that ain't happening. This ain't happening. Well, you are. I can come over and drink tea and be healthy, though. I don't mind doing that. You could have a beer. Not, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, it might make you go mad. It might, and... Yeah, it might. You might fall on the floor and then come up with like sticky up hair. When your and your glasses are askew. <laughs> Give me a keg of beer. Yeah. Do you remember that in Team Wolf when he's buying beer? Yeah. Brilliant. He goes, "Can I get a te- keg of beer?" And then he goes, "Give me a keg of beer." It's the dream, isn't it? When you were underage, he's been able to just yeah, yeah, have yeah. yellow eyes and say, "Give me a keg of beer," and, yeah, and then do a handstand on a van. Really and deep then voice, some ladies. The stuff of dreams. What do you think is? What do you think his dick looked like when he was hairy? On oh, Team Wolf. Yeah. Because uh, if it was hairy itself, it would be unusable, so it surely w- would no, have I just mean, been surely, skin. Once he's changed... <laughs> surely once once Michael J. Fox has turned into Team Wolf, his, he'll end up with a, like, a sort of red lipstick dog dick. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> so all the girls who loved him... Yeah. Like, oh my God, you're so, oh, did they know what they Jesus, were like? Jesus, what the fuck is that? Why is it pointing at me? I'm only trying to take a picture of you. <laughs> it would have been, it would have come out like a lipstick, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I think, I think he, maybe his genitals didn't change. No, do you know what? In my mind, I think as a child, like I even feet, thought. His fucking hands, his face, you know. I no think his dick looked like, like sort day. of. Just a fucking, you know, like his. Wait, did he have normal hands? And the fur started at his wrist. Uh, I'm I'm sensing fur fur hanging over enlarged hands as he as he bounces his basketball. Let's have a look. Yeah, let's have a look. See, do a little image search for Teen Wolf's dick. <laughs> I'm actually going to put that in because people must have speculated. Let's have a look. Images. Do you agree before we reveal the search 
terms for right, so scene wolf. <laughs> there he is. Oh, his like hands a... were normal skin. Yeah, but look at his face. Let's have a look. There's no way he hasn't got a doggy lipstick going on under that basketball outfit. I think... <laughs> Team Wolf. I feel like his dick would have just looked like che- Chewbacca's finger. Like, <laughs> he had long hair on it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wait. Oh, there's a bloke. I just sort of think Teen Wolf Man's Dick at Basketball. There's a famous, there's a famous uh, like outtake from a film where when they were doing the, mm. the crowd scenes in Teen Wolf when he's playing basketball, no one, the editor didn't Someone's spot got dick that out. someone had their dick out in the crowd. Well done, sir. Well wow. done, that man. Oh yeah, he's got normal hands. That's bullshit. Maybe he did have a. He says Team Wolf Dick out is actually a woman. Family Guy was wrong, so it's, it the, looks like it wasn't really someone with the, their dick out. There's a picture here. Did Did Team Wolf's dad also be a dad wolf? Yeah, didn't he? Like he go, Dad, don't come in, don't come in, and then his dad came in, yeah, well, and his dad go. was like it as well. I mean, it was a quite a clumsy metaphor for puberty, wasn't it? Because it was like, oh, I'm changing, I'm getting hairy, and then his dad comes in and goes, I'm hairy too. Oh, it's just yeah. about puberty. Right, so I've taken a picture of that character. I'm going to send it to you now. Tell me I'm wrong. It looks like me in lockdown. <laughs> oh, what the dad character? Yeah, look, I'm just, I'm just dropping it. You now. Didn't he look a bit hairy cornflake? (laughs) He did, yeah. Wolfly Travis. (laughs) Jesus, is that what the dad looked like? Yeah. That is Dave Lee Travis. (laughs) That's going to be... Isn't it? That has to be. (laughs) Now that... Even though this is only the end of the conversation, I think this needs to be... Yeah. This needs to be the the photo for the episode. Are we still recording? Or have we just talked about Team Wolf's dick? So, privately yeah, we well thank you that's, that's redeemed movie. the episode it always happens that with us what you should do with me in future is write th- 10 things down like what did Team Wolf's dick look like and make sure you keep me on track of talking about stupid shit otherwise I'll bore you about yeah. diets and then yeah, rant that, without any focus about the royal family I don't know what, even know what I was saying there that was quite good the royal stuff you Don't think? worry, we're all good, mate. We're all good. All right, listen, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, you do that. Thanks for joining in, bud. Thanks for having me, mate. No I do problem. adore you. I love you, baby. I adore you. See you soon, darling. I adore you. Bye. Bye bye, darling. Bye. Night night. <laughs>